Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 68 of Thirst and Goal. It's our fifth remotely recorded episode. I am here in my garage. I'm Franny. Ben is at the old studio. I can see him on Zoom right now. Looks very familiar. <laughs> the Unfortunately, old, I can't be the there. old studio. But uh, Sonia is somewhere around there with you. I'm sure she may join us later tonight. But Ben, I see you're holding a drink there in the camera so I can see it. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? I am continuing to drink the Catoctin Creek American style gin, a beautiful gin offering from a bourbon and whiskey company down in Kentucky. I have a little bit of lime, a little bit of diet tonic, you know, tonight Ooh, watching my figure watching your, well, a little man. bit. Uh, tonight, and I have a lot uh, of sitting down at home. You need to watch yeah, your yeah. figure, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a little bit of rosemary. Franny, what are you drinking over there? I think you uh, have something from the Isla variety of scotches or the Isla scotches. Yeah, I'm sipping on the Lagavulin uh, 16 tonight, Ben. I killed off the bottle of the Glenlivet 15 last weekend. Uh, looks like this Lagavulin is on its last legs as well. It looks like this one might be killed off tonight. And um, and I have the you know we still have the Glen uh, the Glen Moray and everything. So I have a couple other things I can grab, but this one is almost gone. All right, we're gonna have to pick another Isla, one that we haven't tried before. Uh, maybe after we we do, we're doing a a taste test tonight. Maybe after the next two taste tests, we maybe switch back to an Isla. I can't resist a good <laughs> Isla Scotch. Uh, and funny, how was your week this week? I was, uh, I was okay. I mean, it was, it was, it was long. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, the weeks are definitely dragging out. Um, five days definitely seems like more than five days and the weekends seem much shorter than two days. Uh, what about you, Ben? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it feels like one long day. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm on, uh, I'm working early in the morning and the emails continue to come in through the evening. And, you know, there's not really much of an excuse to, to not pay attention to what's going on, you know, at work. So I may have to figure out a way of sort of shutting down uh, at a certain time, you know, absent some emergency, just sort of shutting it down. Uh, it's just, you know, because it's there's really nothing else to do except, you know, walk the dogs, watch television. And there's no we're not going out to dinner. We're not going out to the bar. We're not going out to the movies. We're not going out to the, you know, to do any shopping. So it's really work, uh, take a shower, which is usually the reverse, the reverse of what I would typically do, uh, and then go about your evening and do the same thing the next day. Uh, you know, Franny, thank you again. Franny is at work, uh, every day. Uh, you know, he works in the healthcare industry, so he's at work every day. So I want to say a big thank you to Franny for being out there, uh, as well as all our first responders, healthcare workers, grocery store workers, truck drivers, uh, plumbers, electricians, everyone that's out there working right now uh, so that the rest of us can go about somewhat of a normal life, uh, you know, at home. So thank you all so much. Yeah, well, Ben, also, um, you Modest. did something very exciting today. I did. You, you, you cut your own hair. 
Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you gave I didn't yourself do, a haircut. I didn't do a very good job of it. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe we'll take, a, I mean, I don't want to post my, my, my butchering of a haircut. Uh, you know, I, I may, <laughs> maybe a little youthful, uh, haircut. It came it, more of a fade for a 25 year old and, a than a almost 50 year old. Uh, I went a little overzealous on the sides. You can see it over here. It's a little. Over, I went a little overzealous there. It's it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. I mean, in in the in the initial, you took a picture because you were so proud of yourself, <laughs> and you sent it to me. It looked it looked pretty good in the picture, but now looking at you under the lights in our old studio there, uh, you know that that fade. Um, it doesn't look as faded as it did in the picture. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it doesn't look too bad. Uh, you no, know, it, the, look, it looks better than it was. Yeah. It, it definitely, but it doesn't look like you're at the barbershop. That's for sure. No, but it's, it's tough. I mean, uh, the first run, uh, you know, you start with your number four, number five, and you go down to your three, your two, your one. Uh, but I got a little overzealous there and I used the clipper itself uh, to get the number one on the edge there. And I think I, you know, I went a little, you know, Wait, look, I, look I, to your left. Look to your left, real quick. Yeah, I mean, it looks. It's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, it looks like you got the back. <laughs> you got the back pretty good too. It's not easy to do the back. The back is is pretty difficult by yourself. But I think after you know three or four attempts at this, I think you could you could get it down pretty good. I mean, Franny, you cut your own hair uh, two weeks ago. It's been a few weeks, but I mean, I didn't let it get as long as yours. Once it gets too long, then it makes it's more difficult to cut it. Yeah, I tried to cut the top with scissors. Gave up on that almost immediately <laughs> and just went with a number six on top and just sort of went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth uh, until I was satisfied that I had cut most of the hair. Uh, but it's, it's you know, it's, it's a little bit of a project. I need a little better hand mirror so I can see the back of my head a little bit better. Uh, but, yeah, I highly recommend it. Don't 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 be shy. If you you know, if you don't have to go into the office and your hair's getting a little long, grab yourself a clipper set and you know, give it a shot. You know, the, this was not bad for a first attempt ever in my entire life trying to cut my own hair. No, no, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. You know, it was your first go around. And like you said, I'm sure with more experience, uh, you know, by your third or fourth uh, cut, um, it'll, it'll look just like you were at the barber. Yeah. I mean, and uh, save myself, what, $25 every three, four, two, you know, two, three, four weeks when it, you know, depending on when I would go. Uh, you know, it's another way of saving a little money. Uh, so we, Franny and I have both cut our hair since the beginning of this, uh, you know, shut down. And so we recommend that any listener out there that's, that's afraid of cutting their hair, you know, give it a shot. What, you know, yeah. pay, you what know, you have to lose? plenty of videos out there. Your hair's going to grow back. Yeah. And there's plenty of videos that'll give you a step-by-step and, you know, take a shot at it. I even shaved my beard a little bit, so because I was starting to look a little Roethlisberger-esque over there. You, you were, you and, were. Uh, Franny made a, the point that it doesn't grow in as well as or as nicely <laughs> as I might like. Uh, so it wasn't. It was looking a little, um, a little patchy, a little patchy, little West Virginia sort of, <laughs> yeah, you know, coal miner type of haircut I had on my on my face there. Uh, so I cut it all off, or most of it off. Franny, what are we gonna talk about tonight? Well, tonight on the Big Board Band, we're going to make a shout out to our new listeners. Uh, we also have our NFL news as usual. Uh, we also have some promos for our fellow podcasters, fellow sports podcasters out there. How many promos do we have uh, tonight, Ben? We have two. Two. All right. Perfect. Love hearing those. And uh, we also have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news. Ben's Steelers, my Eagles and Sonya's Seahawks. We also have 
the feel good story of the week as well. Uh, we have uh, our brown or beverage of the week, which is the Glen Moray 18. This has kind of been sitting around uh, since Christmas. Uh, ben, you got this as, as part of my Christmas yeah. gift. We haven't tried it on the show yet, and we haven't tried it in a long time. Um, and we also have our beer of the week, which is from the Czech Republic. It is uh, the Lev uh, beer. We've tried uh, a few other Czech beers on the show, and this is another one. And it seems like they have some pretty good beers over there. So I'm excited to try this one. And we also have some housekeeping to finish up the show. All right, friendly. What's first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben. A shout out to our new listeners. Yes, we are amazed. Thank you all so much to our new listeners as well as our listeners that have been with us for a long time, especially through this crisis. Our listenership is not down significantly, and that's a testament to all of you, all of our loyal listeners, folks that look forward to, to listening to the show every week. Uh, and since 2008, we have or 2018, we've been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Since you're listening and since you're listening so kindly tonight, please consider heading to our website, thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com, or search Thirsting Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review our show. Please, during this quarantine period while you're inside watching Lion or whatever the Tiger King or something else, think about turning <laughs> off the television and listening to a good podcast like this one. Since all television shows have turned into podcasts and we think we're better than those, tell a friend, a relative, a family member when you're having your happy hour via Zoom or your family reunion on Zoom or your get together on Zoom, tell a friend or a family member, coworker, stranger, or anybody uh, about our show and send them to our website, thirstygold.busproud.com or load up their podcatcher. And please, please, please help them subscribe. Uh, we have some international listeners this week, Franny. Italy. Singapore, another new listener from Mexico, Switzerland, Turkey, New Zealand, Morocco, South Africa, Norway, Sweden, France, Algeria, Russia, and Ireland. Uh, and from the beautiful, beautiful United States, where we are all on quarantine, uh, new listener from Lake City, Michigan, St. Charles, Illinois, Pretoria, uh, Pretoria, Maine, Rock Hill, South Carolina, Edmond, Oklahoma, back again, uh, Brighton, New York, Live Oak, California. Uh, we have an interesting listener from Mason City, Iowa. Thank you, Mason City. Uh, new listener from Flagami, Florida, down in the dirty, dirty Oxon Hill, Maryland, Macon, Georgia, Longview, Texas, Alhambra, Arizona, out in the desert, Westfield, Massachusetts. Thank you so much, Massachusetts. And Pompano Beach, Florida, down in the dirty, dirty. Just to name a few, we have uh, several, several dozen new listeners this week. Uh, just to name, which wanted to give a shout out to a few of those. Uh, and thank you all so, so much for coming back each and every week and listening to our show. And thank you so much to our new listeners. And we will do everything we can to bring you top quality content every single week. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our NFL news. You know, what do you think about this? Isn't it pretty shocking that during the coronavirus pandemic, uh, even in the typical offseason, but even with what's going on now, that we have a significant amount of NFL news to talk about each and every week. What do you think about uh, how the NFL is, you know, generally weathering this 
this pandemic thus far. It's pretty shocking that we have this amount of news to talk about every week in April with what's going on. Well, I mean, it's it's the only thing to talk about right now. I mean, the draft is uh, what uh, eight days away, nine days away or so, not you, not yeah. too far away. So that's that's right around the corner. Um, you know, you have free agency. I mean, everything has come to a halt. This is the only league right now where there's any sort of movement. Um, I mean, obviously, if if uh, if the virus had started in January or even in December, well, I mean, it did in in other uh, parts of the world. But let's say it shut us down around that time. Um, there wouldn't really be anything to talk about probably right now because the NFL would also be at a halt. But, um, you know, it's it's a good thing it's not. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that there is some sports, something uh, to talk about. I mean, I'm, I'm in the house just watching classics right now. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm watching... Uh, uh, all the hardwood classics on uh, uh, NBA uh, Network, NBA Channel, whatever it's called, and also on on um, is it uh, uh, NBC Sports? Yeah, they're having uh, the the Olympics, like the 2012, 2016, 2008 Beijing. I'm still watching that stuff. I mean, yeah. I just need some sports in my life, and so I'm glad that there is something to talk about right now. Yeah, I watched uh, Game Seven. I think I watched Game Seven yesterday. Spurs versus Heat. Uh, I think it was 2003, give or take. And I forgot how, how, you know, what a, what a great game that was, but I do find myself doing the same thing. Uh, they have NBA classic games, they have uh, NFL classic games and, you know, you just turn one on and, and it, you know, you, you forget about what's going on for a few hours at least. Uh, so get away from Tiger King and watch some of the games you missed over the last, you know, however many years. I mean, there are a lot of great games that a lot of us have probably uh, you know, weren't paying full attention to or missed at the time. So it's a great opportunity, as Franny mentioned, to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So first up, Franny, we have Roger Goodell says we are going to play football this year. The 2020 coronavirus outbreak has already suspended the NBA, NHL, and MLB. But as of yet, the NFL has not uh, has yet to have any games impacted. But even with the start of the 2020 regular season under five months away, a normal football season is not a certainty. Uh, but speaking on a FaceTime call with the CEO and founder of uh, CEO and founder of Kairos or Kairos Inc., uh, Roger Goodell spoke optimistically about the chances of football being played this year. Roger Goodell said the NFL is planning to play. That's our hope. And that's our planning to date. Goodell stressed that he felt it was a duty of the NFL to provide a positive presence for its fans in what's been a trying time. For Goodell, that means the continuation of the 2020 NFL draft on schedule, even though it's going to happen verbally, and optimism that football will return as per normal in the fall. Uh, we can help our country heal, Goodell said. We can help our communities to come together, and we can provide hope. We can provide a distraction from the everyday issues and show people that there is a future out there, and we're going to be part of it. Friday, what do you think about Roger Goodell's optimism five months out from the start of the season that we will have football this year. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. But I mean, we talked about it uh, last week. Um, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, if we'll have a 16-game season or if it'll be truncated to maybe 12 or, or 14 uh, games. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think the the best route or the best way to go about it is, is uh, you know, if, if it doesn't start right on time in, in, in early fall, maybe late fall, maybe you know, start it in, in, in the wintertime. But at least, you know, we can get 16 games in and just extend it out until April um, and, and uh, you know, maybe just shorten the, the preseason a little bit. We don't need all the all the preseason games. Maybe, you know, two games. Nobody watches that stuff anyways. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can, you can, there are certain things you can shorten or cut out. 
Um, and, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if you need to shorten it just a little bit, maybe do a, a 15 game season with, uh, with no buy, you know, just have him play 15 straight games, you know, you still get pretty close. Um, so it's a little bit shorter. You save one week, uh, there too. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, that, that he's optimistic and I'm pretty optimistic. We were optimistic last week. And what do you think, Ben? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, it, it, it's kind of a shame, uh, you know, not that we necessarily agree with all the rule changes that were coming down the pike as well as the seven playoff teams in each division, but with so many new things happening, uh, next year in the NFL, it would be a shame if they couldn't get the season off. But I think we got five months, six months to go uh, with a lot of states planning on opening up to some degree uh, next month or in early June. You know, I think that they'll come up with some kind of plan to get games played. Uh, I think by that time, they'll have a pretty good handle on, uh, you know, the testing and the antibodies and, and that t- kind of thing. And I think by that time they'll have a they'll have some way of getting games in front of the public. Uh, and I think I, I mean strangely enough I agree with Roger Goodell. I mean it 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 is a little bit of of hope. I can't imagine going into 2021, you know, early 2021, spring, summer of 2021 with no sports, no Olympics, no NBA, no NFL, no NHL, uh, no PGA, none of it. Uh, I just I think that that by 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 the fall people will be ready to watch something. Uh, it doesn't look like the NBA season is going to to finish up anytime soon, but that is still a possibility as well. So I I agree with Goodell. There's there's going where there's a will is a way, and I think they'll figure out a way. All right, next up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't hear, you can't you can't hear me. I mean, some, there's like there's that slight delay. Oh, there's a slight delay. So you're you're waiting for me to say something, but uh, I have nothing else to add. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're you know we're we're making our way through these remote. Uh, podcast. You know, every week there's a glitch. There's a little bit of there's a little bit of a glitch with the audio at the beginning. Uh, so we got a little bit of a late start. But well, how's, know, it, how's it going right now, though, Ben? I mean, we had that issue. I mean, is it okay? Yeah. Does it look good. good on the screen? Okay, it looks good on your screen. All right. Yeah. There's always some kind of tweak you have to make every week when one thing works, another thing doesn't. When another thing doesn't work, this other thing does work. Uh, <laughs> but next up we got Todd Gurley. Uh, this was a big blockbuster move with the Rams cutting Todd Gurley earlier this offseason. Uh, questions about Todd Gurley's ability to handle a heavy workload Workload moving forward have been pondered for more than a year. Since the end of the 2018 season, when he missed two games due to a new knee injury and into those playoffs, when the LA Rams curtailed the running backs rep during the Super Bowl, the perception has been that Gurley won't be the same running back moving forward. Uh, after being released by the Rams, who decided eating a ton of dead money was better than paying the running back. Gurley signed in Atlanta, and he insisted on Friday in a conference call that he has no concerns about his knee. Uh, Kevin Patra of NFL.com reported, The 25-year-old running back said he's out to prove he's still the same difference maker he was in 2017 when he won the Offensive Player of the Year. Gurley said, I know I'm still that guy. Been doing this my whole life. It's just football, he added. What do you think about Todd Gurley confident that he may be a beast for the Atlanta Falcons this coming season? Man, I hope so. I mean, I like Todd Gurley. Um, you know, I I understand, you know, where the Rams are coming from and 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 cutting him because, you know, I'm not sure how how serious the injury was. I mean, it's never. I mean, it was never really disclosed. Nobody really knew. You know, they just keep on saying that he has an injury, has an injury, has an injury, and he ne- he never looked the same. You know, he he never really passed the uh, the eye test when you're watching him on the field. That when he was uh, when they went to the Super Bowl, 
uh, that year, he looked really good. He looked yeah. dominant until they got to the Super Bowl where I mean, he couldn't really play. And then after that, he was just never the same guy. Mm -hmm. And you just never saw the return of Todd Gurley the way he played throughout that season. Um, so it's, 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 it's concerning, but I do, you know, hope that he can, you know, return um, to, you know, at, at least 90% of what he was. He's a little bit older. I mean, he's not old, actually. He's only 25 years old. Yeah. And, and a lot of folks are treating him like he's, uh, you know, uh, a grandpa, like he's, you know, uh, Tom Brady's age, but the game, he's only, he's only 25 and it's pretty crazy. Um, it seems, you know, just how much he's been talked about these past few years. It seems like he's been in the league for like 10, 15 years. Yeah. I mean, right? I mean, and, and, and it's, and it's kind of a shame to, to watch the whole thing unfold because there's, there's the folks that, you know, on the, I told you so boat, uh, that said, you know, when he came out of college that he was going to be a problem and those types of injuries, those types of arthritic type of injuries, could be problematic and may rear their head down the road. Uh, and, you know, you know, it's great to be right about something, you know, that terrible. Why would you want to be right about something like that? Uh, so I can see why Gurley has a chip on his shoulder. And he could, you know, he looked pretty good there at the end of the season this past season. You know, when they did use him in a heavy, you know, in a heavy workload, I mean, there were a couple games where they, where they we got a significant amount of carries and he looked good. So, I mean, it could be bad news uh, for for the, the rest of that division this year if he's got a giant chip on his shoulder because the Falcons don't have much to lose here. The Rams ate a lot of that money, and they don't have Gurley under, uh, under a long-term contract. So he could really get a heavy workload down in Atlanta and help that team, you know, in what is a pretty tough division. Mm-hmm. Mm all right, Franny, next up, this is an interesting story. One of the last folks to get a big contract this offseason, Christian McCaffrey, one of the most versatile and finest offensive players in the NFL, is being locked up by the Panthers as they send Cam Newton packing. The Panthers are signing running back Christian McCaffrey to a four-year, $64 million extension, making him the highest-paid running back in the league. Franny, what say you about the dominating the dominant factor that is Christian McCaffrey getting a huge deal. Uh, I mean, he, he deserves it. I mean, yeah. he deserves it, but it's really difficult to give a running back that much. And we just talked about why in Todd Gurley, uh, why it's so difficult to pay these guys this much money uh, because he may have looked amazing. I mean, he was the reason why they yeah. even won five games this year. I mean, he, he was the only guy on that team that, you know, was that seemed like a professional football player. I mean, everybody else was pretty yeah. bad on that team. He carried that team on his shoulders and uh, he's, he's the reason why they, they won those five games. Um, and he, and he was pretty amazing. I mean, he, you know, just his, his, uh, his route running ability, I mean, catching out of the backfield, I mean, he did everything. I mean, yeah. he was a receiver, he was a running back. I mean, you know, he could have played quarterback for them. He just basically did everything, but that's the problem too, is that he does do everything and he needs a little bit of help. He can't have that same workload because if you continue to have that sort of workload, something will happen. Uh, you know, he will get injured um, because he's not the biggest of backs. He's a really fast guy and he's very shifty uh, and he can really find the hole. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if they continue to use him the way they are, uh, it's going to be another, you know, Todd Gurley case with him. He, he's just, he, he's going to tear an ACL. Something bad is going to happen to the guy if they continue to use him all the time, every single down. They need some help. They need to draft at least, uh, you know, a second running back on that team. Yeah, and I think they will in the draft. It, it's I, I've never seen anything like it. Thousand yards on the ground, thousand yards through the air. 
I mean, what a beast uh, this year. I mean, he was unstoppable, you know, in, at the goal line, you know, from, from whatever from whatever position on the field you were in, he could get it done. And he's an amazing, amazing running back who doesn't hasn't shown yet any signs of significant injury. But that kind of workload, you know, is scary for any running back. But if there's a guy out there playing in the league right now that I would give that kind of money to, it would be Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he did it. You know, he's done it, what, two, three years in a row now. Yeah, and I, mean, I haven't seen a, a running back carry a team the way he carried no. a team in a, in a long time. And the defense I mean, knows he, it's coming. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they had no uh, quarterback. I mean, they had what's-his-face uh, for five games who looked really good there. Um, but, you know, after that, he was pretty terrible. I Kyle, can't remember his name. What, Kyle uh, Allen? Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Allen, yeah. Something so, Allen. I mean, you know, he, yeah, <laughs> another Allen in the league. Yeah, another Allen. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he, he had you know a few good games, but it was because of Christian McCaffrey. And then you know, I mean, teams could have stacked the box, but man, I mean, he he was just amazing this year. And I had a chance to get him in the fantasy uh, draft, yes. um, but I took you know Alvin Kamara. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but it, well, not a terrible choice. Not not a terrible choice. I mean, Kamara had a good season the year before, uh, but this year Christian McCaffrey was just outstanding. He was amazing. Um, but sixty four million dollars is still a lot of money if they continue to use him the way they are. Yeah, and I think they're they're probably going to have to uh, with Teddy Bridgewater back there. I mean, I think those two would make a pretty good combination because Bridgewater can move really really well, uh, you know, laterally in the pocket. So I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting, more dynamic team. I think with Bridgewater and McCaffrey than it was this year with with Allen and McCaffrey and and they'll 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 get a little bit better but that's a tough division and I think you got to lock them up uh if you want to keep them and you want to be competitive in that division. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I agree with you Ben. All right, next up I hope you have your shot glass ready. I'm going to have to slow down with these shots. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to run out of the the, uh, the uh, Jimmy Buy right here. <laughs> well, you have to order some more of this have stuff. to get a delivery this week. Quarterback <laughs> Dak Prescott of your Dallas Cowboys is still waiting on his no, long-term deal with the Cowboys, Cowboys and won't, he won't participate in the team's upcoming virtual voluntary off-season program because he's having a party, a birthday party for somebody's dog at his house. According to Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio, NFL teams are starting a virtual voluntary off-season program next week since they cannot uh, currently meet in person due to, the, due to the coronavirus pandemic. The NFL announced the program Monday, which will allow teams to provide instruction and workouts for players over Skype, Zoom, or whatever from April 20th to May 15th. Last month, Dallas placed the franchise tag on quarterback Dak Prescott, who has yet to sign that tag, preventing him from signing with another team. Uh, the reports are that the Cowboys opened up their usual offseason program last week. Prescott wouldn't have joined anyway, but he's saying he will not engage in any Cowboys activities or any NFL activities until he gets a long-term deal, and he's not going to sign that franchise tag. Franny, what say you about the perennial 8-8, eight and 7-9 eight, and nine quarterback who thinks he's worth $34 <laughs> fucking million? Dollars? I had, he had, I mean, he, he's had one good season. It's fucking um, eight and eight and one, eight and eight, and even I, eight and eight, and yeah. one win in the playoffs. Eight and yeah, eight yeah. in the shittiest division in football. Eight and eight. Hey, 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 don't be too harsh on the NFC East now. Well, actually, but no, yeah, actually, but it was a pretty shit division the, this year. The AFC North was just as bad, but yeah. <laughs> with, with one good team, but at least they had a one good team. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not shocked by it. You know, I mean, uh, you know, he, he said he was going to do it even before, you know, the whole coronavirus and, and uh, you know, the whole sort of uh, shutdown of all the leagues. Um, so he did say he was going to do it. He wasn't going to sign the tag and, and, and he was going to hold out. But I wonder what's going to happen if, you know, we get to week one of the season what is he going to do then? I mean, is he going to is he going to be out there on the field if it if it gets that far? Um, you know, are, are the you know are the Cowboys going to call his bluff? Or I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen once you know the season does begin because it will start eventually. Um, so are they just going are the Cowboys going to hold out just as long as him and and you know play chicken and see who uh, who not veers out of the way first? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. Um, it's it's pretty interesting, but I love the dysfunction in Dallas. I mean, uh, you know, this this is so much fun to talk about. I mean, they saw, they signed Amari Cooper to that huge contract. It seems like they're signing everybody, uh, uh, you know, to to contracts, and they're still holding off on. Uh, I, I would say, you know, he, he's he's a key piece to their team. I mean, he is their quarterback, and you know, like we said, Ben, quarterbacks don't grow on trees. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I'm sure we'll be talking about this uh, within the next few weeks. Yeah, but I mean, I think he's still riding that 2016 season, a 13 and three season. I mean, since then, nine and seven, 10 and six, eight and eight, Uh, you know, completion percentage about 65 percent. Not bad. Not bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, his his TDs are not anything spectacular except for just last year where he had 30 uh, and his interceptions are pretty low. Uh, But last year he had Zeke for the entire. I mean, we had a minor injury. I think I can't I can't remember, but I think Zeke was. Yeah, but, never really had a, you know, a major injury. He's, he's, always, he's always had a very good offensive line. He's always had a premier running back. I mean, think about who, I mean, if you throw, I mean, there are a lot of quarterbacks you could throw behind that line with Elliott, Cooper, Gallup, and the rest of the team. Uh, even Jason Witten last year is still a competent move the chains kind of tight end. And terrible. I mean, eight and eight against the, the Washington Redskins, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the New York Giants. That was their record. I mean, I don't know how you ask for 34 plus million dollars or, you know, some ridiculous amount of guarantees when you're eight and eight against. I mean, look at what the Eagles were able to do with Carson Wentz and an entire secondary that was hurt. Both of their starting receivers, their number one and number two receivers out for most of the season. Uh, You know, offensive linemen going down, defensive linemen going down, the secondary going down. And he scrapes by eight and eight, doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, he threw for forty nine hundred yards. I could, you know, if you you could hit sixty five home runs, oh, yeah. but a if lot the team of those doesn't... were garbage, garbage time, you know, uh, yardage and 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 touchdowns. I just don't see it. I mean, I don't see the kind of talent that I guess everybody else sees. I don't think anybody sees it. I mean, I know he sees it, but I, you know, I mean, if the Cowboys saw it, the Cowboys would be paying him right now. Um, but I mean, I, you know, uh, I, I think I mean he does he does deserve a contract. He just doesn't deserve as much money as he thinks he's worth. And I they think have he, a good he, team. I think you know he he's in, you know within that Tannehill sort of range. I mean, if if they signed a similar sort of deal uh, as to what Tannehill signed. Um, in in Tennessee, I think that'd be a good deal for both parties. I, you know, I, I think he's on that level. I think Tannehill even uh, performed even at a higher level. I mean, you know, they went to the, he actually won some playoff games, and his team, in my opinion, is is you know, I, I would say they're they're on the same level. You know, I would say the Cowboys and the Titans, if you match up position by position, yeah. I would say they're pretty similar teams. But Tannehill was able, you know, to at least win a playoff game, win multiple playoff games. Yeah, I mean, it just, 
I, I just don't see it. I mean, they were begging. I mean, you guys were begging them to win that division last year. Take it from us, please. And they mm -hmm. just completely imploded down the stretch. I mean, didn't they lose to who did they lose to? They lose to the Giants they lost at the, the end Jets. There? or the Jets they lost at the to end the there? Jets. Yeah, I mean, that, well, the Eagles lost to Miami, but you know, it, it's like you said, though. I mean, it, it, that if it, they should have won, you know, with all the injuries that the Eagles had, they should have won. And he really did not. I mean, he that was one of his poorest games when he needed to come up, you know, with, with some crucial throws in that game, that last game against Philly. He wasn't able to do it. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, that, that just kind of proves the type of quarterback that he is. He's average. Um, you know, he, he, he'll, you know, probably have a few good seasons here and there, but you know, he's, he's not going to take them to the promised land. You know, they, he's not going to win, uh, you know, a, a Super Bowl. Let's say if, if, uh, he, there's a couple of offensive, uh, line, uh, men that they lose, um, or, or if Zeke goes down or if, uh, you know, let's say Omari goes down, if he, if he doesn't have those premier guys on his team. He's not going to elevate them. He's he, he just can't do that. He's not that type of a guy. He's not a Russell Wilson type of guy that will get paid that much money. Or let's say Ben uh, Ben Roethlisberger, in your case, um, he's just not going to elevate the team. He's not going to take them to the next level, You know, no matter who's on the field. He needs good players in order to be good. Yeah, I mean, I'm angry with Roethlisberger for not getting us to the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> you know, Cowboy fans, I mean, you get one playoff win in four seasons on a really, really good roster most of those years. You know, I just think you, you should take the thirty-three million. You should have taken, you know, the the thirty-three million over whatever it was five years that they offered them. Uh, you know, in the off season, you should have taken that to the bank and signed it and been happy that you got it. Uh, considering the kind of record that you put up in the last couple of years, regardless of your I mean, own I individuals. Anything, I haven't said anything negative though yet. So, well, you better say something bad about the cow. I mean, this is your one opportunity. The Cowboys are not making a lot of news other than Stephen Jones apparently yeah, finally him. has the reins at, at <laughs> Cowboy Land because they are not making the kind of stupid decisions other than Amari Cooper that they used to make. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, but let's let's do a shot to the yeah, fuck the do, Cowboys. Yeah, what, do you have one in your uh, in your hand? I there, do. Ben? I got one. All in right. The, I so got you one. can. Uh, I got. I got mine right here. You can see it on camera as well. Cheers to you, Ben. And so uh, you know, uh, fuck the Cowboys and hope this uh, this function continues uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, Off season. I'll, I'll drink to that. <sighs> I think everybody's happy yeah. when there's dysfunction in Dallas. Uh, yeah, I mean, except for the however many millions of Dallas fans there are around the world. I mean, other than them, but and everybody else around the country. Exactly. All right, Franny, next up, another quarterback that is near and dear to your heart. Uh, one of your all-time favorites, Kirk Cousins. Amid all of the uncertainty surrounding the coronavirus pandemic, Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins remains hopeful that he'll be playing football games this fall. While the NFL is presented, pressed forward with plans to start the season as scheduled, Cousins noted Tuesday that he believes there are creative and unique ways to make certain that the games do, in fact, take place. Does that mean playing into empty stadiums without fans? Maybe. Although the quarterback, the Vikings QB, said he hasn't given thought to that scenario, the possibility of games having an altered look and feel might not be the most foreign outcome for NFL players. Cousin said, honestly, we practice every day in an empty grass area and pump in fake crowd noise for away games. Uh, Cousin said on a conference call, but more often than not, you're used to it. OTA practices don't have a lot of pomp and circumstance to them. So honestly, to go out and just play the game would be kind of refreshing. A breath of fresh air just to let us know we don't have all of the smoke and all of the fire. 
We can just play football just so long as we're playing the game. I won't have a lot of complaints, and hopefully if it's still returned to normal, we can find a way to make it work, or if it hasn't still returned to normal. But what do you think about Kirk Cousins' optimistic looking forward to playing games without fans and saying it publicly? I I don't know if he's... Happy about. It. I mean, it's not, it's, I'm I mean, a cousin's hater, so you know what, you, what are you I, do? I know you are, Ben. I know, um, but I think he's just you know he he's he's like one of those you know glass half full kind of guys. You know, he's he's just an optimistic. Uh, I mean, he he looks like um, like uh, one of those uh, church counselors. Yeah, you he's, know an, I mean? he's, he's an apple on the teacher's desk kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he's 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 uh, he's trying to find the one you know bright spot in this. He's <laughs> You know, very dark times. Yeah. Um, he's but, the Smithers uh, of the NFL. Exactly. Exactly. Not the Smithers, but the Flanders. The Flanders. Uh, he's the, the Flanders. Flanders of the NFL. <laughs> Oakley, I'll play without. I'll play without fans. That's exactly. That's exactly <laughs> who he is, and and I, I think that's why he said he's just trying to find that one, you know, bright spot in all of this, and and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't expect anything different from Kirk Cousins. How do you feel about it, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting to say that out loud, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's right. I mean, he's just, you know, he's the, you know, he's the guy that comes over and mulls the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the older person's lawn who lives next door to him just because he feels like it's the right thing to do. Like he just mows his, mows his neighbor's lawn. I wouldn't uh, be surprised if he went out and did that right yeah. now. <laughs> like I could see him, like he has millions and millions of dollars, but I could, I could see him going, you know, to his neighbor and, and not, maybe not in his neighborhood, but in a, in a different neighborhood where like, you know, gee golly whiz, that grass looks kind of long. That, I think yeah. I'm going to go ahead and mow it. Yeah. I mean, my neighbor was walking today and I'm like, what would Kirk Cousins do? I'm like, I asked you. Uh, so I said, <laughs> what would Kirk Cousins do in this situation? So I asked this, I asked my neighbor if she needed me to bring her anything from the store because I know she's elderly and she's not only walking her dog, like sort of up and down the street, up and down our one little block back and forth 10 times a day. And I don't see a lot of cars going into her, into her house. Her children aren't coming by very often. So I did, I did offer to uh, pick up groceries for my neighbor because I was just trying to channel a little Kirk Cousins today. <laughs> You know, I mean, maybe we should start asking ourselves, you know, not WWJD, but WWKD. You know, what would Kirk do? Not what would Jesus do? What would Kirk do? Yeah, I think you might, you might, it might be a little more reasonable in terms of, uh, <laughs> you know, how far you put yourself out there. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I just think it, w- it will be, I mean, I know, I know they're talking about it and it's probably uh, later on the agenda, but. Yeah, I think uh, he's just trying to keep a positive attitude and, and uh, you know, try to find the bright spot in all of this. But playing games without fans, I mean, that that is... And we've seen you know, it done before. I mean, we, we've me. seen it in soccer, and in, in soccer, it, it it does happen um, because of uh, you know racist chants. Uh, oh, that's true. Sexist, you know, racist, and, yeah. Yeah, and and then so they'll they'll have uh, you know that team play you know their home game in front of an empty stadium. So you know we've witnessed it before, um, and it's definitely it's it's different. You know, the environment is different. Just watching it on TV is different, but. Um, the plays that happen on the field still get you excited, um, but it's 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 you know it's just not the same. Yeah, I mean, I prefer more of a late '80s Guns and Roses concert kind of atmosphere at an <laughs> NFL game. Uh, but uh, it just uh, smell I, I could, of urine in the air. But I, I could see it. I mean, I could see them pumping in crowd noise, and ultimately, at the end of the day, the bulk of the revenues that come into the NFL come from TV deals and come from advertising. During games, I mean, I know that 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 the, you know, the the revenue from having fans in the stadium certainly helps the local economy and helps the individual teams make money. Uh, they then will have to share 
portions of with the league, but but I I could see, you know, playing to you know, predominantly empty stadiums. I would take I would take that over no games at all, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I wonder what the level of competition would be. It might be a rude awakening for fans to realize how little impact they actually do have on the game. Or they could have you know one team or one one fan from each team on opposite sides of the stadium. It'd be like a Philadelphia Eagle fan would just scream an obscenity <laughs> well, the on one Cowboy side. Fan on the on other, other side. I mean, there's two over <laughs> just fat guys just chomping on a bratwurst, screaming or, at each other. Or they or they could be mic'd up like me and you, and they could just have us in the corner, you know, of the screen, like a picture in picture, you know, with with those guys uh, screaming at each other. That would be fun to watch too. I mean, just imagine a Yankees fan and and a Red Sox fan or a Steelers fan and uh, you know a Ravens fan you know, or, or, or Seahawks and, and Niners, um, you know, what, you know, those fans just going back and forth, just, you know, representing, uh, their team. I mean, they'd be socially distanced enough where, you yeah, know, yeah, they, for they sure. can contaminate one another, but it, it would be an interesting exchange. And there are creative ways that they could do that. I mean, they could during the game have, you know, I don't know how many people you can get on a Skype screen, uh, or on a zoom <laughs> screen, but they could have, you know, fans from from both teams that, you know, you you enter a raffle and you win a, you know, you win an opportunity to be one of the fans that is, you know, on the broadcast yeah. via Zoom or or you know, set up cameras in in the separate seats and and you know, you 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 pay for your ticket, you know, quote unquote your your ticket to the game uh where you have, you know, your your own broadcast sort of section that you can watch. Uh, you know, online. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there are people that would sign up for it. It doesn't sound. It sounds kind of stupid, actually. When I think about it, but you know, people would. Do <laughs> I'm it, sure though. there are people that would do it. But there are. I mean, there are ways to. Assuming the players are safe, uh, there are ways to get these games played. I mean, especially in in sports like tennis and and you know, in golf and things like that. There's got to be ways to get to get the athletes out there playing uh, safely uh, without a lot of fans. Uh, you know, in the in the stands or in the gallery. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I, I I think if if there is a sport that will that will figure out a way to get this done, it will be the NFL. I mean, the NBA fans are right down there on the court. They're much more involved in the game than I think in in a lot of these other sports. So mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how the NFL does this. Was it was did the was it the WWE or or in, was it wrestling in Florida? In, they... in essential service. Yeah, the governor of yeah. of, of Florida. <laughs> Uh, determined that the WWE was an essential service to the city of Orlando. And they had, I think, one of their, whatever their raw, whatever, whatever the events but, are. I can't watch wrestling at my age, but. But in an empty, there's a lot of people at your age that yeah. can, though, Ben, uh, that I haven't realized that they're, you know, beyond the age that they should be watching. <laughs> that they should be watching wrestling. Yeah. But, but they did. We just it. lost they did we just lost it. all of our listeners from Florida right now. But <laughs> stay with us, Florida. But, you keep coming back though to new uh, we know where you're listening from and you know you like the abuse. Yeah, but uh but I I think they did hold a few events though uh without any with without a crowd. I they think did. It was, I think it, without they an did. audience. I think it was just the wrestlers going at it. I'm sure you know they could be tested obviously. Um and, and they're all fairly young and healthy uh, individuals, but I mean, you know, it, uh, I, I guess the, you know, the, the feedback from that was, um, it was, you know, it was good, but not as good as, you know, with, with the crowd, you know, yeah. it's still, it's, it's, there's just that, that excitement level, that extra element that's just not missing there. Yeah. I mean, and wrestling is not, I mean, it's not a real event. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's really there 
for the fans to to watch. I mean, the fans are sort of integral to to something like wrestling. I mean, the UFC, you know, what they bought an island or they rented an island where they're going to have some of their events. Uh, so the UFC is going to continue on as well, allegedly. But but I th- I think that this is it, I, I I'm 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 happy that the NFL this far away from the regular season is is really engaged in thinking about ways that they can they can have this season take place somehow some way. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, this is near and dear to my heart. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, OBJ. Oh, Dell Beckham Jr. The Browns and Vikings are allegedly in discussions on a trade that would send Odell Beckham Jr. to the Vikings in exchange for a fifth-round pick next year. This was reported by Mark Malusius of WFAN in Minneapolis. Uh, this, according to a source who indicates that the trade is not done but being discussed, uh, Browns chief strategy officer, golly, this is just indicative of why they suck so bad, uh, and baseball man Paul DePodesta denied the report. Uh, I don't think uh, that DePodesta is correct. I think there are talks to move OBJ off the Browns. He's not happy there. He was not happy there last year. He was not happy in New York. And I think that they are getting a little bit of the heebie-jeebie uh, Antonio Brown you know, vibes coming off of OBJ. And I think they're looking to move him. What do you think? I mean, for a fifth round pick, I mean that's 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 pretty good for, in the for OBJ. If, if the that, salary in the huge. salary as well, yeah, that's also pretty large salary. But um, that's uh, you know, Bill O'Brien should be taking notes because that's how you do things. I mean, a fifth yeah. rounder. I mean, obviously the salary is big, but you know, OBJ is is one of the top receivers. At least he has good hands. I mean, I, I can't really say he's one of the top receivers. He hasn't done anything in a few years now, but he's also had Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. Um, but you know, if, if he did go to, um, Minnesota, um, you know, it'd be a good move for good move for him. He would have a better quarterback, a better coach, uh, just a better organization all around. Um, but I, I still don't think he would be happy there either. I mean, he, he would, he would still be, you know, grumpy at times and, 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 you know, mope around at times, um, it was similar to, you know, the way Diggs was. And I, I, I think, you know, Minnesota did try to get Diggs the ball as much as they could. Um, but I think OBJ would still, you know, his tenure in Minnesota, if he does go there, would still be similar to what Diggs was. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure within a few years, he'd be looking to get out of Minnesota, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and I think that that's why they're, they're looking to move him. I think they want to have a little bit of a fresh start there and, you know, move on from OBJ and get more of a, you know, a core group of people there uh, that aren't wearing whatever it was, $600,000 watches to game. So sorry, <laughs> Paul DePodesta, we don't believe you. I don't believe you. I think they're looking to move from, on from uh, from OBJ and, and get a little bit more of, of an AFC North vibe there and a little bit less of a NFC West vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, last up in the NFL news this week, the... Cleveland Browns were finishing up strong with the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, they released their new uniforms this Again. week. Frane, did you see them? I mean, they look pretty much the same. I like uh, you them. Know, they, I like they, them. I mean, they're, I mean there's, there's really not a big difference between the old ones and the new ones because they changed them like two years ago. Oh, but they had those idiotic... Uh, Every other year. Um, 
you know, they, they, they changed that. I mean, the Falcons also, they changed theirs. Theirs looks pretty cool as well. Um, you know, the, the Bucks, you know, changed their uniform again. They, they did it just recently. Um, but, you know, they, I mean, they, they look good, but they're still the Browns. I mean, they, you know, they should, there's other things they should change in their organization, not the <laughs> uniforms. Well, I, I always like it when teams don't, I mean, those uniforms they had, I mean, I know Sonia likes them. Uh, our our third co-host that is rarely on the podcast anymore. Uh, what those uniforms where it said Browns down the leg of the uniform. I mean, I, they look as far. I mean, to me anyway, my personal opinion, they look pretty silly. But I love I didn't it. When, mind it. But I love when teams take an homage to the past and go more traditional. And these uniforms, you know, with the shoulder, with the, with the brown and orange on the shoulder, on uh, most of these uniforms, except for the 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 the, the uh, the color rush jersey, I think they look really good. I mean, it, it's sort of an homage to the past, and I like the fact that they didn't try to make it something, you know, ridiculously modern as a way. As Franny said, fixing a problem that doesn't that doesn't exist instead of instead of fixing the problem that does exist. Yeah, who do you think has the coolest jersey though, Ben? Ooh, didn't we? Uh, this was one of our top fives. We'll have to get back to our top What's fives it? pretty soon. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, uh, well, obviously, be less and less NFL news to talk about. Obviously, the Steelers. Are my yeah. you know I think have the best all around uniform surprise I, surprise I thought the Jets were up there until they changed to this ridiculous uniform last year I like year. their new one I don't I don't mind their their new you know shinier sort of helmets I don't I don't mind it I mean I I, I think the green is getting a little too close to the Eagles green yeah, yeah, you yeah. know right now I like the Packers uh, I like the Niners I like the Seahawks um, I mean I'm more I like those old you know, those old school types of uniforms. I love yeah, the Giants like the uniforms. The Bucks also try to return to, uh, you know, sort of a classic or more of a classic yeah, yeah. look or early, you know, 2000s uh, sort of look. So, you know, sort of uh, paying homage to, you know, when they actually won a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I miss that. I mean, I miss the Buccaneer with the sword in his teeth. Yeah, I didn't uh, mind that. I, I mean, I didn't mind that uniform. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, there's some good uniforms out there. I mean, there's some pretty terrible uniforms out there too. Uh, but I like the more traditional, you know, I like the Vikings uniforms. Actually, I, I like every uniform, I think, in the NFC North. I don't think there's a bad uniform in that division. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I'm happy the Browns didn't, you know, have, you know, come up with some ridiculous uniform. Uh, Friday, what is next on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben. It's promo time. It's promo time uh, for some of our fellow podcasters out there. All right, folks, hold tight. And we'll be right back with a little bit of an homage to some of our favorite podcasts out there. Hold tight. All right, and we are back. And Ben, I'm sure we have uh, some promotions for our fellow podcasters out there, sports podcasters. Yes, we have some independent NFL podcasters from around the world. We love all of our independent podcasters out there doing the same thing that we do for the love of football, for the love of podcasting. Uh, these All of these podcasts are awesome, so we'll be right back with a couple of promos. promos. Uh, for our fellow podcasters, hold tight. Hello, NFL fans. Welcome to the Third Down Squad podcast, your international news podcast for the National Football League. We satisfy your need for NFL news all year round. 
with our weekly news coverage, as well as predictions, draft analysis, gambling, and lots of other content, sharing our laughs and thoughts with you. Come join the squad by listening on Spotify, CastBox FM, or Google Podcast. And if the sound of our voices does not satisfy you enough already, head over to YouTube and watch the whole show as a video version. To get even more exclusive content, make sure to follow us on Twitter at T3DS underscore NFL. So let's get you ready for a new set of downs on Sunday. All right, folks. That is the third Down Squad podcast hosted by Derek, Josh, and Tobias. This is an awesome show. All things NFL. They do a live YouTube show. Look for a link in the show notes. And you can also get them on Twitter at T3DS underscore NFL. We'll be right back with one more promo. Hey guys, Tim here from the Across the Pond at the full 10 yards. Newsflash, we love the game just as much as you guys do. We cover everything from NFL, XFL, college, fantasy football, uh, and everything in between as well, both on podcasts and written content over at full10yards.com. Come check us out, we won't let you down. At full10yards on Twitter. But just remember, make sure you bring an opinion. All right, that is the full 10 yards podcast. This is an awesome podcast from across the pond from the UK where there are more NFL fans than you can shake a stick at. They give you everything American football, NFL, college, Britball, fantasy football, and all your sports betting. They have a great website, a ton of articles, and a ton of shows for you to listen to. You can find them at Full10Yards.com, and you can get them on Twitter at full 10 yards. Look for links to both of those in the show notes. Frane, what is next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our tag team news, our thirst and goal news. Ben, your Steelers, my Eagles, Sanyas, Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, those folks that are listening to the show for the first time uh, should know Frane is a huge Eagles fan. I am a huge Steelers fan, and Sanya is a huge Seahawks fan, and we don't hide it. We don't pretend to be uh, impartial when it comes to talking about our teams. Uh, and first up, we have the Eagles. If the Eagles' history under Howie Roseman is any of a, any guide, they are more likely to make a trade in the first round of the draft next week than not. Uh, and it's more likely that the Eagles would give up, would move up from their current pick at number 21 as opposed to moving back. This is a draft rich in wide receivers, and the Eagles desperately need a cornerstone at that position. Most draft analysts have Oklahoma's CeeDee Lamb and Alabama's Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs as the top three receivers with LSU's Justin Jefferson not far behind. What do you think about the Eagles trading away some picks, including that pick at number 21, to move up and grab one of these marquee wide receivers, Franny. After um, what happened yeah, last year with everyone, Deshaun Jackson, you know, Alshon Jeffrey yeah, and everybody else. Yeah, yeah I know every, everybody pretty much went down with uh, with some sort of injury. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they moved up, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they moved down. Too. I mean, it, it really just depends on 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 how the draft goes and and where you know certain wide receivers fall. If you know, let's say their um, their top their top prospects are not there, uh, even if they did move up, um, I'm you know I wouldn't want them to give up uh, you know extra draft picks just to try to move up, uh, you know, higher in the draft, uh, you know, to to get one of these guys. And uh, you know, if that's the case, you know, why not get some draft picks in return? Maybe get an extra wide receiver and see, you know, what. Uh, you know what they get out of them. 
Yeah, I mean, why? I mean, this, the Eagles don't have a, a deep history of drafting wide receivers, right? Uh, unless, uh, I mean, drafting marquee wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, they did. They they drafted Aguilar, and we saw how well that went. <laughs> so you know, trading away, you know, trading away that pick of twenty one and some other picks to move up uh, doesn't necessarily guarantee success. Yeah, especially. I, I, you know, for a wide receiver. I mean, the Steelers just just hang. I mean, it's just it's three hours down the road in Pittsburgh. I mean, they'll tell you how to get receivers. You just got to <laughs> drive down and have a conversation. Yeah, and I say, well, I mean, you should have a conversation with the Eagles about getting a running back. <laughs> so, oh no, we, well, yeah, we exchange have, ideas. Yeah, running back that stays healthy. Uh, <laughs> you know, we do have uh, we do have Connor James Connor, but he can't seem to get through five games at a clip. Um, didn't do a very good job with Le'Veon Bell, that's for sure, in terms of his personality. Uh, so touche, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that twenty-one to, to move up and get a receiver in the first round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, with receivers, you just never know yeah. what you're going to get. It's, it's, it's one of those positions that I, I'm not going to say is interchangeable, but there are definitely a lot of guys out there that can play that division. It really depends on you know, the quarterback a lot of time or the system that they're running. Um, so, you know, I, I, I definitely wouldn't give, uh, you know, third, fourth, fifth round picks for, uh, you know, for a deep wide receiver class, because I'm sure they can find some value at 21. I'm sure they can even find value in the second round. Yeah. I mean, and, and if Carson Wentz proved anything last year, it's that he can make just about any receiver look good. Uh, you know, he made a lot of guys, uh, practice squad players as well as uh, journeyman players look pretty good last year down the stretch with with all the injuries that they had on that roster. I mean, he made Greg Ward into, you know, a guy that people picked up on their fantasy team. Mm-hmm. And he was on the practice squad. So I agree with Franny there. Don't trade that number 21 pick and some deeper picks just to move up to get a receiver. If you're going to trade up, do it to get a defensive lineman or an offensive tackle. Do that. But don't don't trade up for some wide receiver. Uh, next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is really not much of a story, but it was pretty sad for me to hear. Uh, the Colts are signing former Steelers fullback Roosevelt Nix. Uh, you know, you know, this is just a sad one. Uh, it was a collegiate defensive end who spent a season in the arena, arena football league before earning a permanent spot in Pittsburgh. Uh, he played, you know, he was 5'11", 248 pounds, played 575 offensive snaps for the Steelers. Uh, but he was a really, he was a fan favorite. He was a, a great teammate to have. He was always there when people needed him. Uh, you know, Rosie Nix was, was not a player that you wanted to take up a spot on your, on your 53 man roster, but it's sad to see him go because he was a fan favorite and he was a favorite in the locker room. So, uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the Colts grabbing, you know, a, a, a pretty decent fullback who can do anything and everything you ask them to do, just not at a, at a high level. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a position that is very highly regarded in the NFL right now. The, you know, the fullback uh, position, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm how many teams have a fullback now? Uh, <laughs> it's, three I think the Colts have the only one now. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the you're in good hands with all stat days are gone. Yeah. <laughs> Those days yeah. are gone. Uh, hopefully the yeah, Seahawks I, will have a running back by the name of Marshawn Lynch this year, a fullback. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, he was, you know, obviously a running back, but can run with the style of a fullback. But you definitely don't see, no. you know, fullbacks in this league, that short yardage sort of guy that can push the pile. You just don't see that. Yeah, and it's and it's too bad because I mean obviously we all know that's the kind of football that that I like, uh, but I th- this has passed me by, so I have to live in the time that I am living in. 
Uh, next up, the Steelers added another. This is four, I believe, XFL player to their offseason roster with the signing of receiver Saeed Blacknell, a wide receiver who played for the sorry, 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 L.A. Wildcats. <laughs> I don't know that sorry. They were pretty bad. Uh, Black Doll, who played college football at Penn State, originally signed with the Oakland Raiders as an undrafted rookie free agent in the 2018 draft, spent the season with the Raiders practice squad. Uh, he was then again signed by the Dolphins in the 2019 preseason before later spending time on the Arizona Cardinal squad. Uh, while at Penn State, he had 50 receptions for almost 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns in 34 games. Uh, so that makes four, I believe, four XFL players that are stacking the Steelers offseason roster now uh, because they're in salary cap purgatory. Uh, so yep. they're they're looking to scrape the bottle, you know, the bottom, uh, you know, they they got the Heinz ketchup bottle turned over and they're really banging on the bottom of that bottle to see if there's any <laughs> ketchup in there. I mean, you never know. You never know what you're going to get, right, Ben? I mean, uh, out of those four guys, if one of them turns out to be a, a good football player, then... Uh, then you know, good for the Steelers, and and he's not going to be very expensive, and and also the Steelers don't have a lot of draft picks this year, right? I mean, they have uh, uh, five. I mean, a I second, a second, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. Yeah, so I mean, really, not that many draft picks. So uh, you know, they they might start picking up more guys from yeah from the XFL. There might be. I mean, I missed a couple late round picks in there, but we don't have a first and we don't have a third, and uh-huh. so it's going to be a really boring draft day. I'll be looking for the Seahawks and uh, and the Eagles to see what they do <laughs> because there'll be a lot of waiting around. Uh, you know, day one, I, we don't even have a pick on day one unless we do something ridiculous and trade up uh, to get Justin Herbert, which is what I'm begging them to do. Yeah, but it but looks you like... You have the duck there, Ben. Uh, we have the duck. And it looks like the <laughs> no, Dolphins... I don't, I don't think the Steelers... Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think the Steelers uh, have enough to trade. I mean, they basically have to trade everything uh, to move up. Uh, to get him, it, it seems fine like he's gonna go. He's gonna go pretty high. Yeah, fine with me. Allegedly, he's gonna go to the Dolphins, but I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But Christian will be happy if that happens. <laughs> uh, next up, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Finally, some Big Ben news. Helplessly watching his teammates for the final fourteen and a half games of last season was difficult. Roethlisberger acknowledged this week during a radio interview. He said, I'm excited to come back uh, because I think the Steelers defense is going to be an integral part of a potential championship run, which is what we're all looking for. Uh, Roethlisberger has never missed more than four games in any of his previous 15 seasons. He said, I think it really put a little fire into me. Uh, This is not the end for me. This is not how I'm going to go out. I'm going to bust my butt. I'm going to give it everything I have just to give myself a chance to come back and try to be better than ever. But Roethlisberger is ready to come back. He's acknowledging that the primary reason that we have not gone back to the Super Bowl since that uh, run in 2000, whatever it was, 2008, 2009, is the defense has not been up to the task in terms of holding uh, the opposing offense uh, to get the offense to get our offense back on the field. Franny, what do you think about Roethlisberger being optimistic about coming back and playing at a high level? I hope he does. I mean, uh, you know, for an older quarterback, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure none of them want to go out with an injury. They all want to go out on their own terms. Um, and and Roethlisberger, he has he's been relatively injury free his entire career. Um, this is probably the longest. Is this the longest injury that he's had, at yep. least in, in terms yep. of missing games? Yeah. So and it's coming very injury, late in his yeah. career. 
Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I, I would love to see him come back and, you know, I don't, I don't think he's going to throw for, you know, another 5,000 yards like he did, for, you know, those two seasons in a row. Uh, but I mean, if, if he could throw, you know, within the 4,000 range and it also depends on, you know, the, the receivers that are there, obviously he had, uh, you know, one of your favorite players there, Antonio Brown on the team. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I wanted to come back. I want to be successful. I want the Steelers, uh, you know, to win that division for you, Ben. I want them to, you know, make the playoffs. Um, is, is the expanded field this year? Will the expanded uh, playoffs be yeah, it's this, gonna be this year. season? Oh, okay. So then you guys might actually make the playoffs. Oh, that's a low blow. <laughs> low blow. Uh, but did you also hear... Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to Roethlisberger coming back. I think he gets, uh, you know, a bad rap in terms of of you know his injury or his injury uh history uh he really has not been injured that much he got suspended after the you know the the alleged sexual assault allegation and he got hurt on the motorcycle early on but he's been pretty healthy thus far uh but but to your point actually uh Antonio Brown everyone's favorite vagabond wide receiver actually hired a new agent this week hired Ed Wesnuski I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name of EMG Sports after Drew Rosenhaus dumped him earlier this year but it looks like Antonio Brown is itching to come back, hired a new agent, and is trying to wiggle his way back in the league somehow, some way. It's not going to happen. He just doesn't know when it's over. It's it's pretty much over for Antonio Brown. Nobody. I mean, is there a team out there, Ben? Really, that would that would take a chance on Antonio Brown, or would you take I, no, a chance for the Steelers? I wouldn't take a chance on him. But I would say there's probably 20 teams out there that would take a chance on him. You don't think the Detroit Lions would like to have Antonio Brown catching a ball from Matt Stafford? I don't think so. I really? Don't, I don't think so. Really? No. Not them. Not them. I know Tom Brady wants him, but you know Bruce Arians put the kibosh on that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, the Raiders yeah. would. The Raiders would probably take him back. You know, I think the one team would be the Steelers. Ben, I mean, you know, he uh, has a history. Imagine? He has can a history. Imagine? He has a history there. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin knows he has how a to history handle him. There. Yeah, I mean, well, he, yeah, but I mean, Mike Tomlin knows how to handle him, and I mean, he did it for you know how many eight seasons or so. Um, so I think there's, if there's any coach in the league uh, that can keep Antonio Brown under control, I think it's 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 Tomlin. Everything old is new again. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I mean, I would take him. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know I said I wouldn't, but I mean, Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown. I mean, it was some of the most amazing quarterback to receiver. Uh, catches that I've seen in my lifetime, and I was waiting for you to say something negative there. Uh, well, he, well, he is a complete douchebag. There is no, no doubt about there's that. A, there's a shot, and, right and now he thinks bad. he's going to hire some, you know, some long time, well respected agent. Uh, which Drew Rosenhaus is not. I mean, he is sort of a long time agent, but not a well respected agent. But he's hiring someone with a lot of a a, a more classy pedigree that he thinks is going to help him. So I'll take a shot of this fireball. What are you drinking a shot of over there, Franny? I got the Jim Beam Fire, Ben. I still have the Jim Beam Fire. It's also pretty low. The bottle is uh, not even a quarter full. So I'm definitely going to have to order a little bit more of that Jim Beam Fire. But, uh, you know, as per our agreement and our drinking game, if you see anything negative about Antonio Brown or any team in your division you take a shot or if i say anything negative about uh the cowboys or any other team in my division then i take a shot and if sonia says anything negative about any of the teams in the nfc west obviously not the seahawks then she takes a shot but ben 
Cheers to you. Let's do it. Antonio Brown is a douchebag that you wouldn't mind having on your team. Just win, baby. Uh, it's also a good excuse to yeah, and if have I drink, a shot. If I drink enough, I'm going to go on after the podcast and figure out what the longest XLR cable is that I can get. And I'll put you out in the garage <laughs> next week. I wonder if I can get a 75-foot cable that'll run all the way out <laughs> my backyard, all the way into the garage. I think, well, the sound quality, Ben, I mean, this, this mic, uh, that, that you got for me, because you're always, you know, working, you know, with the editing and, and, and the quality of the sound, uh, it, it sounds better. I mean, I, I listened to, you know, parts of the podcast last week and it sounded much better than it did, you know, the previous three weeks. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, and we'll continue to, to, to work and get better. Uh, it gets a little frustrating on our side for, for folks out there that do podcasts, you know, like we were all ready to go this week and then we had another glitch, uh, that we didn't have the last three weeks, even though we haven't changed a single <laughs> setting. Uh, but we had a weird glitch this week, but we figured out a way around it. And I, I think that's what podcasting is, essentially, is figuring your way around glitches. Uh, but eventually we'll be back together. I mean, it, it, it this is sort of becoming far too uh, routine, having this, this, this remote podcast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll do what we can uh, to get in the same room. We're hoping you know, whenever they let us get into the same room or whenever we know it's safe to get in the same room. Uh, but we're, I think we're doing a pretty good job. All things considered, we have a better sound quality, I think, than, uh, Seth Myers, than uh, (laughs) late night with Seth Myers. I think we're a little bit better than that, which isn't saying too much. They're not highly funded though. Seth Myers, you know, he's, he's on the back end of, of the late night shows. So, you know, they they just throw him the scraps. He's he's Uh, only got a hundred million dollar budget instead of a two or 300, like, like uh, Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) But, you know, I think we're doing pretty well. I think we're doing pretty well. All things considered. Yeah, I I may never want to do a podcast with you ever again, Ben. Oh, that's I mean, sitting in the same room. You're breaking my heart now. I got. Oh, the we're fi- getting so good at it. I got we're getting f- so good at this. I got the fire burning over here. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it just. I I don't know what we'll do when we're finally in the same in the same location. I'm I'm really looking. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we saw each other at a at a safe distance today. Yeah. Uh, exchanging yeah. exchanging booze in our mason jars so that we could do our our bourbon tasting or scotch tasting tonight. Yeah, it's it's funny because uh, I pour you know like Ben steps away. And then, like, I, <laughs> I step, uh, you know, uh, close to the mason jars, kind of pour it in uh, while Ben's about six to seven feet away. And then, uh, you know, close up the jars and then, you know, Ben, uh, you know, sanitizes them. And uh, no, he doesn't really sanitize them, but, you know, <laughs> I think we're, they're we're sanitized, sanitized the way they are. We wash our yeah. hands in advance. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty weird. And at least we're getting better at doing these types of podcasts the first couple of weeks, um, you know, with the mics that, you know, that I was using, it, it was just a little uh, awkward. Um, but, you know, having this mic, though, that that you got me, Ben, uh, it, it, it's definitely, it sounds better and it feels more natural, too. Yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, we'll, and we'll, do, we'll, we'll do our best, folks, and, but we'll, we'll be in the same location. Uh, Eventually. I hope, I hope sooner rather than later. Uh, but last up, we have a little bit of sad news for... Uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I know Sonia was sad to hear this earlier this week, but former Seahawks quarterback Tavares Jackson died in a crash, a car accident on Sunday night in Alabama. He was 36 year years old and was the quarterback coach for Tennessee State 
Uh, played 10 seasons in the NFL with the Vikings, Bills, and Seahawks. Started 34 games through 39 touchdowns and 7,263 yards in his career. Uh, second round pick in uh, 2006 out of Alabama State. Uh, sad news to hear. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a car accident caused the death of, of Tavares Jackson earlier this week. So, I mean, it was, that was, that was some sad news. He was coaching in his home state and, uh, apparently doing a really good job of it, doing something that he really enjoyed doing. I don't want to ask you what you think about that was we, we all know it's very sad. No, yeah, but of course, I mean, and, and, uh, you know, Tavares Jackson, he, um, you know, he came from a small school, Alabama state's not a very big school and he, he, he sort of made a career for himself and, um, you know, Obviously played to the best of his abilities, and I, you know, I'm, I was surprised to hear that he was 36 years old. I thought he was yeah. actually, uh, you know, a little bit older than that. I thought he was, you know, somewhere in his 40s. Um, you know, cause it, it, it seems like he's been out of the league for you know uh, a little while. But obviously, I do remember you know watching him play, and and uh, you know he 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 um you know, he he sort of created a little niche for himself, and 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 uh, you know he was you know a running type style you know, quarterback. Um, but you know, it's, it was definitely, uh, you know, sad to hear that happen. Yes, for sure. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have your favorite segment, your feel good story. All right. We have a feel good story, a new England centered feel good story. So we'll be right back folks. Hold tight. All right, folks, we try to bring you a feel-good story every single week uh, with all of the negativity and all of the the things that are going on in the world and all of the criticism that Frane and I have of our respective uh, rivals around the league. It's always nice to, to point out that not everyone is up to no good in the NFL. Uh, and this week we have Tom Brady. And Giselle Bunchen, who Franny usually thinks is German for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it always does a German accent uh, for Giselle. Uh, they donated 750,000 meals to Tampa Bay, to the Tampa Bay Food Bank. Uh, the Brady Bunch has already moved down to Florida to the dirty, oh, dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Brady and wife Giselle Bunchen have already integrated themselves with the region by donating 750,000 meals to Feeding Tampa Bay. The food bank announced on its Facebook page this past Wednesday afternoon. Friday, what say you about Tom Brady and Giselle donating almost a million meals at a time when they are needed the most. Pretty impressive. I mean, that's, that's a a good way to, uh, to move into your new town, um, you know, by, by donating uh, 700 and was it 50,000? 750,000 meals. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, he's obviously not lacking for cash, um, but you know, uh, it's, it's a good move by, uh, by Tom Brady and his German wife. Giselle, <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I'm, Bunchen, Brazil, Bunchen just, Germany. Yeah, you know, I it's mean, very Bunchen similar. Very sounds, similar. It's, 
It sounds Jabunchen. You know, it just sounds German. You know, I don't know. Yeah, she's going to be at Oktoberfest this year. Yeah, uh, I'm sure be, she, I wouldn't be shocked. She's going to be the honorary, the honorary host for uh, Oktoberfest in Brazil this year. Yeah, but <laughs> but definitely a great way to arrive uh, to their to his new uh, destination of Tampa Bay, the Dirty Dirty. For sure, for sure. All right, hold tight, everybody. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben. Actually, how do you feel about that, Ben? I mean, I mean, you're asking me how I feel about it. You just read the story, but how do you feel about it? Ooh, I mean, it's good. It's a good thing. I mean, I think 750,000 meals probably came at a hefty price tag. I think there's a lot of people out there with billions of dollars donating a million dollars here or a million dollars there, which is essentially for us like 10 bucks. Uh wanting some praise. So it, it's difficult to know, you know, after that, after the, the CEO of Twitter donated a third of his entire net worth to the coronavirus uh, pandemic uh, team, uh, set the bar a little bit too high there, probably. That, that's uh, a lot of, well, I yeah. mean, he's not, he's not going to, you know, be poor anytime soon. No, no. Uh, but it's, it's, I mean, I think, I think that Tom Brady is trying to ingratiate, ingratiate himself uh, to the Tampa Bay community, and I think, and, and if that's what it takes to, to donate over a million dollars to help feed people in these times, especially down in Tampa, in that area in Florida where there's probably yeah. not a lot of support. I mean, we're lucky we live in California, where if you're you're at, you know you're looking for unemployment benefits, you know you're you're likely to get them in a timely fashion. That's not happening in a lot of states, and Florida is one of those states where people are having to wait a little bit longer than they anticipated for these benefits. So people are probably really in need in that area. Uh, so I, I appreciate what he's doing. I, I find myself disliking Tom Brady more and more as the days <laughs> pass, as he gets further and further away from the Boston area. Uh, and I'm looking forward more and more to seeing how he plays on that team. Uh, but I think it's a, it's a really good thing. Uh, Giselle makes it actually more money than he does. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a I don't really know if that's true. I don't it, know if that's true anymore. It used to be. Could, it used know, to be. But I, uh, yeah. I mean, cause she's getting a little bit older now too. Yeah. Super bottles don't make a lot of money in their thirties. <laughs> I think, uh, is she in her forties now? I think she, oh, she's she, probably she, in her forties. Yeah. I'm guessing she's probably somewhere in, in, in her forties. So, uh, you know, as, as their age goes up, their salary goes down usually. And I, I, mean, that, I mean, I'm sure she still makes a good, uh, good chunk of change. And I, you know, my brother lived down there for a while. I mean, I like the Tampa Bay area. I mean, it, the Clearwater St. Pete area, it's not, I mean, it's pretty nice. I mean, it's not. But I can tell. I can tell you don't like the Boston area, though, Ben. Is, no, is that, has, no that, I do not like that. the Boston area. I do not like the Boston area. That you know, growing up in New Sox. York, it has something to do with the Red Sox, the Patriots. You know, but growing up in, in, in New York as a Yankee fan, it's just not possible to root for any team from, from the Boston area. It's just ingrained in our soul. Uh, one of the saddest days of my life was when I had to throw away all of my 1918 t-shirts that I had that we used to wear to Fenway when we go to watch, uh, Yankee Boston or Yankee Red Sox games at Fenway, because it was, you know, 2000 and whatever, 2000 and, uh, or 2004, all the way up to 2003. They hadn't won the world series since 1918. So it was nice to rub that in their faces, even though, you know, they had a lot of, uh, they had a lot of success. They just didn't win, win a, win a, a world series. And, and the, probably one of the famous moments or one of the most, my favorite moments of my entire life was watching 
Pedro Martinez get up in a press conference and say, you know, what do you want me to do? I just tip my hat and I call the Yankees my daddy. I mean, it was because Pedro had killed us for so long. And in the playoffs, we just smacked him around year after year. And he just essentially was the most, it was the most honest press conference I've ever seen from an athlete. It's like, what do you want me to say? You know, they got my number and it, and it happens to, to every athlete. All right, Franny. And that is why. And that is why, Ben. That is you, why. You, you don't really care for the Boston area. No, 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 no. And it, there's a lot of other reasons too, but we won't get into that on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> But Friday, what is next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, it's our it's alcohol time. So it's our beverage of the week. This week, Ben, we have our Glenn Moray 18 year. What, uh, sure do we have the shot of the week? Oh, yeah. Sh- oh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> I didn't, oh, man. I didn't even write that down. Usually you have it written down for me. That's something I didn't write down. And Ben... It's our alcohol portion <laughs> of the show. <laughs> I told you, you need to be and, here. You need to be I know, here. I know. It's usually printed out for me. I, I, you know, this is, I was writing this off of my phone, uh, you know, on, on the agenda that you gave me. So, you know, th- you did your job, man. I didn't do my job. Uh, so uh, it, I was right about the alcohol portion, but I, it's the wrong type of alcohol. And so we have our shot of the week, Ben. Do you want to tell us when it went into that shot or do you want to grab it from the fridge first? In fairness, in fairness, and I'll play Frane's shot song uh, very, very soon. But in fairness, Frane came up with the shot. I just had to, uh, I was the hourly employee that had to make the shot. But Frane (laughs) came up with the idea for the shot. So why don't you tell us what's in the shot, Frane? Uh, well, it's 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 made with different ingredients. So uh, initially, it was supposed to be grenadine. Uh, layered on top of that was the apple or melon pucker, and then on top of that was the Jägermeister. So it had this really cool looking red, uh, green, sort of black look to it. Uh, and um, it's it's uh, you know we got the idea, or I got the idea off of uh, Tipsy Bartender, which is. Uh, a, a great website to go to uh, for any cocktails or, or uh, shots. Um, but Ben, you actually changed up the uh, the ingredients just a little bit or the recipe just a little bit. And you added, um, I'm trying to pull up the picture right here. The Italian, the Italian yeah, syrup. I the, think. It, it's the Italian syrup, <laughs> which is pretty interesting. I wonder, I wonder how, how thick that is. It is blood orange syrup uh, topped with melon liqueur. Uh, and then on top of that it is the the Jägermeister. So I'm sure it's going to be really sweet, uh, semi-sour, and very thick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, probably. That, if Ronnie tells sure. me we do have grenadine in the house somewhere, uh, I don't. I couldn't find it. Uh, but he knows more about what what I have in my alcohol uh, in my alcohol cabinet than I do because he's usually in charge of buying all of these things. Uh, I just could not find the grenadine, so I was searching for something red. And yep. I found the blood orange syrup. So, hey, but but we do have a name, Ben. We do have a name. I'm not sure if you've looked at your text message. I have Sanya. not. I have not. Oh, uh, okay. Sanya did come up with a name. Oh, um, she did. Yeah, and it is called, and I think this is very appropriate, the delay of game shot. Oh, I knew she'd come up with a good shot because we are delaying all of the games right now. Everything is. Uh, on hold at the moment. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's an appropriate shot. Yeah. I mean, uh, everything's on you know, hold. Yeah. Every, every, everything is so delay of game shot and it is a very cool looking shot. I mean, it, it looks like Brown, 
green, brown. It's all layered and everything. And and uh, good job, Ben. Good job. I mean, you substituted, uh, you know, the the syrup. <laughs> we'll see how that you goes. Could, you could have used. We'll see how used, that goes. You know, Aunt Jemima, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you went with the blood orange syrup. But you know, I'm not the one drinking it. You're the one drinking it. All right, hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back uh, with the song that pays homage to this shot, as well as uh, me drinking uh, this pre-diabetic shot that I have, that I have in front of me here. All right, hold tight, everybody. All right, and we are back. Ben, grab the shot from the fridge. It is chilled. It is cold, and hopefully the syrup that he used on the bottom didn't solidify. Uh, <laughs> I don't see it moving too much, Ben. How does it, how does it look? Yeah, it looks good. I mean, it's a good-looking shot, and you can be able to find it on our uh, Instagram and also on our Twitter. Ben uh, took some very nice pictures of the shot. And uh, you're gonna you're gonna try it, Ben. You're gonna review it. I mean, obviously, I don't have it here with me, um, <laughs> oh, but uh, you know, I'm I'm sure it's gonna taste good. It, you know, it's like almost like candy. Yeah, I'm just afraid of the sugar <laughs> level and how I'm gonna feel tomorrow. But uh, it is Sunday. It is Sunday. Yeah, that's yeah. What I got Sundays a whole. For. I, I ordered a case of Pedialyte. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. This is Jägermeister melon liqueur and Italian blood orange syrup here we go yeah, not not sure where you found that but in the closet cheers ben cheers oh my god that's sweet <laughs> um oh wow i'm sure the jaeger added a little bit of a bite to well it. it did yeah that was actually that was actually really good i mean very yep. sweet very very sweet <laughs> Don't want to drink those all night long. Um, <laughs> but I would say I would go I would go about uh, I wouldn't go one third, one third, one third. I'd cut back a little bit on the syrup. Maybe a little bit less syrup. A uh, little bit more Jaeger. And I write the, the same amount of pucker. Uh, or the melon. It was a melon. The melon liqueur, I think. That was, I mean, the 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 Jägermeister gave it a nice sort of what's it's not minty, but what's that flavor that that Jägermeister has? It's not mint. It's more like, like a herbal sort like of that herbal uh, flavor. Herbal. Mm-hmm. But it mixes really nice with the sweetness of the melon and the the blood orange. I just need a little more Jäger, but I mean, I could, but that's I mean, if you have if you're 18 years old, well, sorry, if you're 21 years old. <laughs> And you're going to have a party at your house and you have a lot of people who don't drink a lot. That would be a big hit uh, because it has the alcohol from the Jaeger. It has a little bit of alcohol from the melon. Uh, the syrup is obviously non-alcoholic, but that's a really tasty. I mean, if you froze that, you could suck on that uh, in the summertime and it would taste really good. That was a nice that was a nice idea, Franny. I'm sorry I couldn't find the grenadine, uh, but you'll have to direct me to where or Sonia can direct me to where the grenadine is. Cause we had a little bit left in a one bottle, but I couldn't find the full bottle. <laughs> and I want to find that, but, that full bottle of grenadine. I want to find a real grenadine. I'm going to have to find, and when you put your order in, can you get a real grenadine? I just remember drinking grenadine from, uh, from my uncle's house 
in Western New York when we thought we were like behind the bar and the, the only thing they left there was like the mixers, like the grenadine and the margarita mix, but none of it had alcohol in it. And we would drink it thinking we were like, you know, super cool. And the, I just, that gre- the, the real red grenadine, it's, it's harder to find now than it used to be. Uh, yeah, uh, the one that we have, it's, like, it's sort of pinkish. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a little it's, bit too uh, pink, maybe, I think. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, maybe there's like a real grenadine. Maybe I'm just buying the fake stuff. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I don't think that's it. I just think the real grenadine is a little bit harder to find. Maybe we'll just put a dash maybe. of red food coloring in there. Actually, uh, those, those those little, I mean, the bottles that I that I usually, I mean, they're they're thick. I mean, that's why everything sits on top of it. Um, but, you know, the, the little bottles are like, and that's what they have at Total Wine is those little ones. Um, they're you know like nine bucks or something. They're you know they're not really that expensive. So maybe there's like a, a like a, a a proper sort of grenadine. Proper twelve. Um, like uh, like proper number twelve. No, like a proper uh, grenadine that you know that comes in a larger bottle. Maybe that comes with uh, I don't know more quality sort of ingredients. Maybe this is just more of just a, a sugary syrupy uh, liquid with some you know red food coloring i mean you know and also you know with when i buy you know some of the blue curacao i wonder what the blue curacao is made out of because it is you know extremely blue I'm oh sure yeah. it's not you know like what the real blue curacao is but you know it works for the drinks oh yeah and that was a, a really good idea uh and delay of game sonia oh what are you opening there Franny? oh it's the log of woolen uh ben so i'm just gonna pour a little bit of that in there but i know what's coming up next so I'm not going to sip on it just yet. I have another glass out here for what's up next on our big board, Ben. All right, Franny. What is next up on our big board? Next up on the big board, Ben. Now it's time for our beverage of the week, which is the Glen Moray. It was part of the Christmas gift that you got me uh, this year. And uh, I haven't sipped on this. Uh, you know, we had a little bit. We did try. We had a little bit on Christmas Day, but I have not had it since then, and we have not sampled it on the show just yet. Yes, and this is the Glenmoray 18, and I have a little bit of information here. Uh, This is an 18-year-old single malt from Glenmoray's Elgin Heritage Range, which is all about approachable, accessible, and easily enjoyable whiskeys, even at 18 years old. This particular expression is drawn from first fill American oak barrels, imparting plenty of vanilla tastiness. Uh, Glenn Moray says only the very best, finest American oak barrels have been selected to emphasize this incredibly smooth character and taste of Glenmoray 18 single malt. An intense whiskey with a or perfect structure, the soft flavors of sweet vanilla balanced with oak from the casks. The color is antique gold. The nose, Franny, you'll like this, sherried oak, butter toffee, and delicate smoke. The taste is beautifully complex. Heather-infused honey, and warm spice combined with a hint of oak smoke. And the finish is mellow and long, one to be savored and never, ever forgotten. That's a pretty high bar, Franny. What do you think about that? That, that is that is a very high bar. But I mean, I remember we, we, uh, we did sample just a little bit on Christmas Day, and uh, we did enjoy it on that day. Um, but well, we sampled uh, quite no. a bit. I mean, uh, one yeah, of we, our, we did. We did have quite another a few family member got us a sampler, and I think we did sample all of the sampler. 
Uh, it was quite a few uh, of those little bottles that we, yeah, we had, we had, we had you know, quite, quite, a, quite a bit to drink on Christmas Day. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why I took an Uber to Franny's house on Christmas <laughs> Day. <laughs> All right, we got a little bit of Scottish music here. We got to just at least play a little bit of that. And Ben, this is, uh, I dropped this off. We mentioned this earlier. I did drop this off uh, earlier today in your mason jar. So are you going to, are you going to drink out of the mason jar or are you going to pour it into a glass? Well, I have to admit after last week with the Mm -hmm. Basil Hayden's, Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying the amount of nose I get from the mason jar. And this goes, I actually am about to order some different glasses for us, Friday from uh, the glasses that are used in one of the most prestigious whiskey tastings in the world and it's it's sort of uh the opposite of the glass you're drinking out of it it actually mm-hmm. goes skinny to fat instead of fat to skinny uh, so i'm wondering if the if things will taste different oh uh, things will taste differently out of those but i really like the amount of nose i get out of the jar keeping the lid on it taking the lid off and then smelling it directly from the from the mason jar a nice clean jar I get a lot more nose than I than I typically would get. Hmm. All right, you ready? What do you think of the smell? Yeah, I'm just I'm just the nose. Giving it a sniff here. Um oh it smells deep. It has it has a, a sweet characteristic to it. It's it's got a deep uh, it's, it's got a deep smell. It's uh I think maybe in your mason jar is it, uh that is the Glen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got the right one. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Perfect. It's like deep. Uh, see, I'm, not, I'm not getting that. Shit that doesn't sort smell of, deep. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, it smells. It smells. I'm, I'm getting a lot of uh, sort of vanilla uh, from it. I'm not sure if you are. Uh, I mean, because the mason jar does <sighs> trap a lot. Uh, in, in I mean, because I mean, you, 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 I poured in some of the the Glen Moray into your mason jar, and then the mason jar that I took home. I have some of the whistle pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so today, I I uh, I didn't have any. I didn't try it. I'm not going to try it until next week. But I did smell it. And and in the mason jar, a lot of uh, the um the 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 alcohol, the spirit itself, gets trapped inside there. And I think you're, that you're getting a lot of that. Oh, I mean that's just my guess. Um, so I'm, I'm sure you can get a lot of aromas, but I think a lot of the strong stuff is trapped in there. I think I should try a different glass. Um. Well, it's up to you. It's up to you. But I'm not getting like a really strong. Maybe you just have a better nose than I do. Well, I'm getting <laughs> better a, sense of smell I'm, I'm than I do. I'm getting the smoke in the oak for sure. Yeah, I'm getting. I don't get the toffee as much. So I'm getting. I'm getting sweetness. I'm. I'm getting a, a sort of sweetness. I'm getting a, a lot. It seems like vanilla. I'm getting a lot of vanilla. I get the sweetness, but I can't pinpoint it. I, I wouldn't say for sure it's vanilla. I mean, obviously they both just a, a both reviews slight, say it should be vanilla. You know, slight woodiness, uh, but not overpowering. Um, but it smells. Uh, it smells really good. But you can hear you know, it, it actually. It, it smells. I mean, because I've been drinking the the Lagavulin all night, and you, and and you get you know obviously that smokiness and that peatiness, and so that's why I was drinking water just to kind of wash that out of my mouth. Um, but you know, just, just, uh, you know, going from the Lagavulin to this, I mean, obviously it's a lot lighter, but, um, it, it, it's, 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 it's a very pleasant 
aroma uh, from you know the Glen Moray. Yeah, and you can definitely tell Franny's expertise here, as opposed to no, mine, not. knowing that uh, you're trapping a little bit more of the alcohol, the spirit, the the harder, I, the harder stuff in the, in the jar. I wouldn't even have thought of that. Uh, so give Franny credit on that. And as we uh, get off the podcast later, I'm gonna pour this in a different glass and see if I get a different aroma. But I do get, I mean, I get a deep smell. I mean, I do get a mm-hmm. deep, but the, but the burn in my nose tells me you're probably right. Yeah. See, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that with the, uh, the, the Glen Karen glass, you know, with, with the glass that we usually drink out of. I mean, I can almost stick my nose right inside of it and I'm, I'm just getting the, the, the sort of sweet aromas. That's where I'm getting, picking up the vanilla, uh, just a little bit of, you know, woodiness, but, uh, no burn, no burn at all. I'm not picking up any of that. And, you know, I'm, I'm giving it a swirl, maybe a slight, a uh, little bit of uh, citrusy notes as well. Maybe a little, a uh, little, little fruitiness, but not overly. Uh, but let's give it a shot, Ben. I'm going to take a sip right now. Let's do it. Oh, that's really good. That is interesting. It's got us. It's. Wait, hold on a second. I'm trying to figure out what that is. I mean, because you, you, you smell it. You know, you, you, you nuzzle it, whatever you want to call it. It's got a little bit of a. (laughs) Almost like a a raisiny. Yeah. And it's pretty intense. But it's, it's, but it's interesting because it is actually uh, different from the way it smells. It's it's sweet. You smell it. And you would expect one sort of taste, then you 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 taste it. It goes down, and it's like that doesn't taste like what it smells. You don't get that that sweetness, um, but it's definitely it's it's fairly complex though. I mean, there's a lot it's, going on there. Yeah, I mean, I get the, I get, I mean, I get the spice, which is I'm not used to that much spice in a scotch. There's a bit of spice, but it's it's funny because. It seems like there's a lot of spice on the front of the tongue. Oh, right. Way, first, way early. When it when it hits you, instead of spice on the back of the throat, which yeah. is when you usually feel it. So this one is like spice up front and then less spice on the finish. But it's smooth. It's smooth. It's creamy. Um, yeah, it and it really- lingers. I mean, it's it's a lingering sort of flavor. And uh, it's it's a nice flavor, though. I mean, you know, it's it just kind of stays there in your mouth, and it's enjoyable. Yeah, I was it, reading. An, I was reading a an article. little bit of a little bit of um, I get a little bit of uh, almost like tobacco. Like yeah, that I'm, sort yeah, of. I'm definitely. I mean, it's not as sweet on the palate as I expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is interesting. Yeah, I was reading an article about the fact that you can smell more. You can you have a, a a larger array of things that you can smell than you can taste. The the, the amount of things you can taste are are limited. Mm-hmm. So when you smell something and expect it to taste a certain way, your your tongue is incapable of tasting the smells that you expect mm-hmm. uh, because you can smell more than you can taste. But I I, taste- I, I think you know that, that's what's going on. But for you know for something that's forty seven point two percent. It is extremely smooth. I mean, is, is that is, what it is? It's is, almost hundred proof. Yeah, yeah, almost almost hundred proof, and and so you would expect a little bit of extra burn, but there's really not much but, burn. But I mean, comes... it goes down pretty easily, and and there's a lot to think about when you're drinking it, though. I mean, because you you smell you smell it, 
and and you get all these aromas coming through, but then you taste it and, you know, some of those things disappear, but then you're tasting other things that you can't smell. Um, so that's pretty interesting. What, what, how do you like it, Ben? I mean, I will say the initial taste is... It's a little... There's a little bit of nut in there, just, too. It's a little <laughs> too much, almost, for me, on the initial taste. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The yeah, finish, I think, tongue. is is a little long, uh, but I like that. But I think the initial taste is a little overwhelming, almost. The spice, the spice, and I'm getting more of the nuttiness to it too. Um, but it, it is pretty interesting how you it can't kind of get explodes. a nut by Franny. It it, it it kind of explodes in your mouth. <laughs> this nut exploded in my mouth. <laughs> Uh, it's like college all over again now, but it's <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's um, it, it, but like you said, but it, it is it's it's intense when it hits the front of your tongue. It is it is, uh, it is. intense. It, it has a lot of flavor, and then it kind of mellows out, uh, you know, once it goes down. But it, you know, it, the the spice is still there, but it it's subdued. Um, you get that little bit of raisin, almost like a tobacco, and 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 you know, I would I would it's a little bit of leafiness say, in there, like maybe a leather. Yeah, I don't it's know. Kinda, it, it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, for a I scotch, mean, there's, a, there's a lot. There's a lot there. I guess maybe my scotch profile is. A, I mean, I, I guess maybe my my profile is a little bit more smooth with a scotch. I think I prefer a little bit smoother scotch. You a drink. Li- you love hard uh, bag. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I mean, with, with with your traditional scotch. Uh-huh. Uh, with the bourbon, I like a bite. With the rice, I like a bite. But with scotches, I feel like I like a smoother scotch i mean i definitely taste uh the complexity of this the i don't get the i get a little sweetness Mm -hmm. um i definitely get the complexity the spice and the smokiness is coming through for sure for me Mm -hmm. i mean i know it says a hint of smoke but i'm getting more smokiness especially on the entry the smokiness yeah i'm not not getting a lot of the smokiness but on on the finish there is a taste lingering at the back of my tongue that i just can't recognize i mean it's it's like a familiar taste but i just i can't put my finger on what it is though you know it is a little raisiny pruney i mean i I get that i get the raisin but then it's almost like um it's warm it's got a nice warm like a red berry sort of i don't know like it's 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 hard to describe you know i don't know but it's there it's almost like a current kind of but it's pleasant it's pleasant though so where, where would you rate this, Ben? Where would you uh, rate this? I would probably, if I'm being honest, I'd probably give it about a six. Wow, really? Yeah, I'm going to taste it in the glass, and I will, Glad Beret, I will give you a, a, a an update next week if <laughs> I pour it in the glass and I like it a lot more. But but it's, we had the Glen Moray, what? We had the 14, which one did we have last week or the week before? Oh, no, we had the Glenlivet 14. Oh, the Glenlivet 14. Uh, and that, that one was... Really good. Um, well, that, that one was very good, but, it, you know, it, it was aged a little differently uh, in cognac barrels that you got a lot of sweetness. It almost tasted like a, a, a cognac, like a scotch cognac almost. So that, that one was very interesting. Um, but this one, I, I would give it an 8. I would say an 8 out of 10. Um, just because of, you know, all of the different complexities. I mean, you know, the... The way it smells is different from the way it tastes, but then when you taste it, there's so much going on, uh, and it, and it really keeps you thinking. And 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 um, 
you know, that's, that's what, uh, you know, I want to say my, that's my flavor profile, but I, you know, I, I like to take a sip and sort of taste something a little different every single time. And it seems like that's what I'm doing with this one is uh, I taste it's a it. nice flavor. I mean, it has a and, nice flavor. And, and there, there are flavors that are there and they remain there, but then you, you know, you, you, you kind of distinguish something else there. There's like something else floating around in your mouth and you kind of try to figure out what that is. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, it has, has some good complexity to it. It's repeating on me a little bit. Yeah, maybe try a different glass. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be the glass. Although the Basil Hayden's last week, I really liked it out of this glass. But I will try a different glass. But next you week. know, I did. I did drink the Basil try. Hayden last night. I drank it and, last night, and, and uh, I'm not. You don't have any more, right? I mean, you drank pretty much everything, right? Yeah, yeah. I drank that last yeah. week. Yeah, that. Yeah, wow. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> there's a lot of post production, folks. There, there, was, there was quite a bit in there, but um, no, no. But with with, uh, with the Basil Hayden, it last week, uh, you know, I drank it and. It seemed stronger, uh, you know, initially. And, and, you know, it sat open for a week and, and I think it sort of aerated and it had a sort of a softer finish uh, to it. It wasn't as oaky, I would say. And it was also enjoyable. So, I mean, I maybe try this one, in, you know, in, in a uh, smaller glass with a smaller quantity. Yeah, I'm going to try it in, a, in, a, in the traditional glass and see. But, I mean, it, it's it's a little... It lacks a certain smoothness for me. Even the even the uh, the Arbeg to me is smooth, very smooth. It, to me, <laughs> to me, it's smooth. Uh, I brought the Craig Isle out tonight to drink in post production. Hey, Craig Isle. We've had the uh, you know the 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 Port oh, the, Charlotte. We well, had the Arbeg the Wigwidal. I, can't, yeah, yeah. I don't even I know. Think, I think that's, I almost, think that's almost gone. I, I, I'm not sure what you know what, but uh, you know the Balmore. You you uh, yeah, I think you, that you polished that off the Lefroig. Uh That's a good I one. I think you did. You, I think you maybe polished that one off too. Yeah, and so that, I mean, that's you, a good you, one. You definitely do enjoy your uh, your Isla scotches, but you know, uh, I wouldn't say they're as smooth as this, though. I mean, this is uh, you know, it's obviously you know has a diff- different. Uh, you expect a different flavor maybe from this than what you would you expect the harshness and i mean know, it's getting that, easier that. to drink as the longer i drink it for sure mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's not probably and i think on, on uh on christmas i don't think it was my cup of tea either but that doesn't you know don't judge it on me franny certainly a, yeah. a more classy scotch no, drinker not. than i am no I'm that's of, not true ben more of a bourbon rye isla uh connoisseur <laughs> than i you're a gin guy all the way. Uh, gin, I'm, I'm getting tired of the gin. What am, I got to switch to something else. What can I drink on the podcast? Uh, you know, as we're going through the show. Well, well if I drink that right now, I won't make it to the end of the show. But what, I, well, what, I've been drinking. I've been sipping on Lagavulin, and it is almost done. But what can I? You know, what what's a mixer that you can drink that is? I mean, I love gin. Don't get me wrong. But I know uh, maybe maybe some of our uh, since listeners 2018. Hit us up on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, you know, give us some suggestions on what Ben should drink on the show. Yeah, something that can be mixed with a tonic, uh, you know, a, a lighter soda, a soda, uh, you know, something that can be mixed and drank for drunk for, you know, a few hours without completely getting shit-faced uh, that isn't gin. I mean, I love gin. Don't get me wrong. But uh, after, you know, we've been doing this since 2018, I'd like to start drinking a little something different. What about Moscow Mules? Too trendy. Yeah. And, yeah, but you seem and, like and a not, trendy kind of guy, and, Ben. And, and not particularly tasty. 
and, and not a particularly I've never tasty had drink. One. I've I, actually never had one because, like, they are like you said, like they're trendy. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like. If I go to a bar, I'm like, either I want scotch or you know, give me Jack and Coke. And you know that, Ben. I mean, that yeah. hasn't changed in years. Yeah. Have you had ginger beer? <laughs> never. It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that and that is the primary ingredient in a Moscow Mule. Uh, you know, ginger beer is not what it sounds like. You expect it to be. You know, tastes like ginger. It does not, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, not my favorite. I used to drink, you know, rum and cokes when I was a kid, and then I moved to gin and tonic. So I'm wondering if there's something. Hey, why not rum and coke? Oh, go could, back to your childhood. I could go back. I could not Bacardi though. I got to find a good rum. Are there good rums? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Jamaica makes some good rums. Uh, there's probably some good some good island rums I could find out there. But uh, yeah, I I would give this. Hey, man. It's Try a, my rum. <laughs> it's probably very, very good. I mean, the reason I like the gin and tonics is because I love the taste of gin, uh, and the tonic is also very, very, you know, in, in terms of the the calories, it's very low. Yeah, but that's if good. I if I drank Coke the way I drink tonic, uh, I mean, I'd be you know three hundred pounds. <laughs> All right, Franny. Club you're, soda, Ben. Club soda. You're sticking at an eight. I'm going to stick at a six. All What's right. next up on the big board, Franny? Next up on the big board, Ben, it's our beer of the week from the Czech Republic. Uh, it is Lev. Right, Ben? I'm sure you have some information, but we'll also grab our beers and get them ready. Yep. So hold tight, everybody, for our beer of the week. All right, and we are back with our beer of the week. I grabbed mine from the fridge. I'm sure, Ben, you grabbed yours from the cooler out there. And it's and ice cold. It is from the Czech Republic, as we mentioned before we went to the break. And it is Lev, which is lion in Czech. Oh, is that why they call it the Lev Lion Golden Lager? This is a gold medal winner the beer of the Czech Republic in the year 2000. It's a premium quality handcrafted full bodied Pilsner style lager out of the Czech Republic. It's crisp and clean with a nice hoppy finish. It also comes in a darker beer as well as a double bock. Uh, so we're going to try all three of these eventually, uh, but they do have a dark, a double bock as well as the Pilsner that we are going to taste Tonight, uh, we have been, as Franny mentioned earlier in the show, we've been to the Czech Republic. So we've tasted many of these beers in person, but this is not a beer that we tasted while we were there and not a beer that we tasted on our Czech beer taste test some months ago. Did you pour some in your glass, Ben? I have it right here. I have the bottle right here. Uh, oh, oh, okay. I, I see. I poured mine in a glass so I can get the full sort of aroma of this beer. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's a little, little dank, yeah, bro. <laughs> I did. I'm not gonna start. Dude, I'm not gonna start with that, dude. Uh, I, 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 I I smelled it when I opened it earlier. I was gonna pour it in a glass, but I smelled yeah. it first, and I was like, ah, oh, I don't know if I want to put this one in bro. a glass. 
this Czech beer smells a lot like that San Diego beer. No, but uh, it is it is a little skunky. There's there's definitely a, a bit of skunkiness to it. Uh, you know, the color is it's a dark gold. You know, sort of copper. Um, not a ton of head to it, um, but you know. Let's give it a shot, Ben. Let's see how it tastes. It tastes. I mean, what do you think of the smell, though? What do you think of the nose? This other than, it's, it's other just, than being a little dank. Yeah, it it has a it has a you know skunkiness. It's, it's definitely it's got a sweetness to it. Sort of sour. I'm not getting the sweetness. I get a little just sour, a little skunk. dank, a little little skunk, but a little sweet. Yeah, I don't get now sweet. that I have it in an actual glass. <laughs> And not a mason jar. No, now it's in a, it's in a real <laughs> glass. I've discarded my gin and tonic, and I have it in a glass. Yeah, you're right, Franny. Well, not too much head, though. Yeah, no, no. Look at it. It's, it's almost got no head. Yeah, not much. I mean, when you pour it in, uh, uh, it's pretty quickly, and and there's almost none right now. It doesn't look like there's a ton of carbonation in there. Right, you want to taste uh, it? Cheers to you, Ben. Let's cheers. give it a shot. From you know five or six miles away. Ah, uh, light on carbonation, high on flavor. It's got a good flavor to it. It's has a lingering. It's got a. It's got a um, sharp little bit of a sharp taste. It does have it. a sharp. Has a sharp finish. Uh, it's like sharp and crisp. Man. It's it is crisp. This is not a bad summer beer right here. Oh, Franny's pulling yes. down his plosive guard. Yeah, because it's, it's uh, I was going crisp a lot in, <laughs> in, order, in order to try to sort of reduce that pop on on the mic. I, you know, I I forgot that I had this thing also, um, but it's um, it, it tastes way it has, better has, than it smells. It, that's for sure. That is true. But it has a sort of a metallic sort of finish, right? I mean, does it have a little bit of metallic sort of like uh, copper sort of? I, I don't know. It has, has, has that? Bit. Yeah. It, for me, it, it, it's kind of strong. It has like a, that, that strong. It, it's crisp, but then you get a lot of that lingering almost sort of like finish Losing Franny over there. What'd you say? Lingering finish? You, you cut but off definitely. A bit. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I must. I don't know. My, I think the internet. My internet connection looks all right. But um, no. So I was saying it. It does have uh, that. Uh, it's crisp, but it also has, it, it lingers. It it just kind of stays with you longer than I would like. You know. I mean, I, I like when it, it when a beer has that crisp finish and it sort of just you know, dissipates and sort of disappears and you're ready for the next sip. This one kind of just stays with you and it, it's sort of metallic and long on the finish. That's what I don't like about it. Interesting. But that's just my palate, Ben. What about you? I like it. I mean, it, for a Pilsner, it's got, it's got a better body than I expected. It's got more flavor than I expected. It's got a deeper body of flavor than I thought it would have. Uh, it could leave, it could use a, it's crisp, but it could use a little bit more carbonation. But generally speaking, I, I think this is a really solid offering. 
No, it's definitely a solid beer. I mean, it, it, it is solid. Uh, you know, it's something that you can definitely sit back and, 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 and relax with at a, you know, at a bar in Prague. Oh, uh, you know, I'd, I'd definitely be me. happy with this. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to go back this summer, Ben. We're going to have to go back this summer. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to. Uh, but this, this uh, it, it's, it's a nice beer. It's nice, but, you know, my rating would be just above average. I would say six out of 10 because of that long finish. You don't like the long finish? Aftertaste. You don't like it? The the longer finish? No, not with beers. I'm 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 not I'm not I don't like a long finish on beers. I mean I don't I don't it's not as long as well to me anyway. It's not as long as a lot of the beers we've tasted. For a Pilsner, I think it's just about well, Heineken. About right. Oh yeah. Like it's, Heineken for me, Heineken has a long finish. Yeah. And I don't like that. Um, I, I, I just want a beer to give me its flavor up front and then, you know, be crisp on the finish and just disappear. And I want more. <laughs> so and, you, have a, one, you have a very prostitute. Just, you, know, you have a very stays pro- with you. You have a prostitute theory of beer. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, once I <laughs> once I'm done with the transaction, yeah. please just leave. And then when I need you again, I will call you. Just leave and bring the bring <laughs> bring your friend down the street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. Just like Prague. Oh, it's a it's a first <laughs> helicopter flying over. You know, I can't hear anything. And the entire on, on podcast. Side, I can't hear anything. Uh, for folks that have listened to this podcast in the past, we record this outside every week, where podcasts should be recorded and football should be played. And typically, we have planes, helicopters during the show. We either have to announce it or we have to cut the podcast, you know, for a period of time while the helicopters circle around. This is the first helicopter on the show in almost two hours, which I think is a record on this show. So clearly there is less going I on. I think so. I think so. In Los Angeles than, than is typical. We've had to cut the, the show for five or ten minutes just to watch the helicopter fly around in circles with the light on before. And that's the first one. And not a single plane has flown over during this podcast either. <laughs> it finally's like, yeah, whatever. It just, it well, just there's there's it, less air traffic, less air traffic right now, Ben. Yeah, because I used to. Uh, I get up a typical day for me when I'm at the office is I get up at five. I get up at five, you know, have a cup of coffee, get ready, take a shower, go to work. Uh and there's typically a plane that flies over around 4.15. And if I hear that plane, <laughs> I know I'm not getting back to sleep because I know what plane that is and I know what time it is when the plane goes over. That plane is no longer flying over the house at 4.15. Which I you're just, sleeping in longer, too. Uh, well, I sleep till 6. Because you're not now. going anywhere. I, I sleep till 6 now because so, the hour commute is not there. Uh, but even when I'm around awake around 4.15, that, that plane, whatever the plane that was, wherever it was coming from, is no longer coming in at that time. That just means somebody lost their job. Uh, pr- probably. <laughs> Although we're... we're or, or, or maybe they're just going... Maybe a later... Maybe it's a, it's a yeah. later flight, possibly. Although, yeah, the, the, the last bill from Congress, they took, they took care of the airline industry pretty well. 
<laughs> so you're giving this a six and I'm giving it a seven. I would say I would say it's just above average for me. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I like it. I mean, I think this was a would be a beer that I would drink in Prague in the summer, uh from bar to bar to bar. I mean it's it's not the Otakringa. <laughs> Uh, what does it say? Which city it's from? Let's see. What's this? Uh, what is it? Havlicku Brod. Uh, so I'm guessing it's maybe not from Prague. I mean, you know, it's it's Havlicku Brod, whatever. I think it's that could be a city. Could I mean, it just looks like it's that. Um, province maybe brewery i'm not sure it's uh located um but yeah it just says uh uh brod which is it's a brewery so i'm not sure exactly where it's located but i, I don't i don't know if it's probably but it's definitely something i mean i could see myself drinking that but it's not it's not spectacular i like it i do i like it what did we do last uh, last week was the was last week the uh, was that, uh, the Armenian beer? No, that was the week before last week. We did oh, Golden the Road. Uh, local, yeah, the the local beer, the that uh, Golden Golden Road uh, Brewery. But yeah, I like this one. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Not good. great. It's good. good. All right. Not great. Well, typically that would end our show, but we are ending way earlier than we normally would. So you'll probably get to, you know, hear Franny and I engage in some banter about something. Uh, so, you know, Franny, what is on your mind after the beer tasting and the brown tasting and all of the NFL news that we discussed tonight that our listeners might be interested in or not, as the case may be? A uh, little, you know, uh, little window into our personalities. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know if if that's what people want to hear, <laughs> <laughs> but that's why they tune in. They tune in for you and me and Sonia. I, I, I don't know about that. They get their um, NFL but, news uh, anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure, but 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 next week definitely, uh, we'll talk about um, you know, one of our favorite shows on TV. We haven't talked about Better Call Saul. Uh, Better Call Saul uh, season finale is tomorrow night, and it's a yeah. wonderful show. If if you did, if you were a Breaking Bad fan, um, this show it rivals, in my opinion, it rivals uh, Breaking Bad, um, and that's something that we should definitely talk about next week, Ben. Because uh, I mean, we, we we had that as part of our agenda for a while. Yeah. Uh, was you know a TV show we had. Um, did we, did we ever? No, we we didn't. We never talked about The Walking Dead. We had something we never talked about because no. uh, I don't think we, we had the podcast on at that time. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, we did we, Chernobyl, we Game of Thrones, Chernobyl, Game of Thrones. Uh, um, so we did talk about Sonny and I did uh, Last Kingdom. That's right. You guys talked about that. I didn't really watch that. I watched actually War War of the Worlds, which was not that great. Um, but, uh, you know, that's definitely something we'll talk about next week though, Ben, and, and, and you finally caught up and it took you long enough. Yeah. I mean, this is a show that, that we sort of latched onto after breaking bad and Friday and I actually went down to Hollywood a uh, year before last, I want to say, or two years ago. 
uh, to a cast uh, Q&A. Was, uh, at the second season. Second season. So a, a cast Q&A. This is the prequel, essentially, to, to Breaking Bad, but, but with only uh, Sal Goodman, uh, you know, Jimmy McGill as the as the as the the primary character in the show and it, it's been amazing i mean I, i've struggled a little but bit it also gives you mike's backstory as well which is pretty interesting so i mean not only is it you know uh saul goodman but also you get a lot of mike's story which is also very interesting yeah and, and i mean that that scene i mean this week or this past yeah actually we're caught up so this past week uh, with Mike in the desert, essentially saying why he's going to keep walking through the desert was probably one of my favorite scenes of the entire show um, this season, but or, or uh, this, you know, for the entire series. And, you know, I, I think we probably you know, we should talk about it next week, finish it up, uh, maybe even the week after and and find something that that we all can watch me, you and Sonya that we can sort of follow from beginning to end, because I really enjoyed our conversations about Chernobyl. I really enjoyed our conversations about uh, Game of Thrones or the, the likelihood of a show like that coming along anytime soon are, you know, slim. Uh, but I really enjoyed our conversations about, about those two shows, especially, and it would be nice to do that again. And all, of, all or nothing. Oh yeah. All, and all or nothing. nothing. We also talked about this uh, recently. Yeah. And and it's nice to do and, that. And we usually throw that sort of thing in. And, and without Sonya being on the show, uh, you know, we're gonna have to add her next week. She's gonna have to. She's gonna have to join us. We're gonna force her to join us next week, uh, for uh, recapping uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah, and and it's tough because she's you know she's been in the house now for five or six weeks. Sonya can't go out into the world the way I can. Not that it's that enjoyable to wait online at the grocery store as they let you in one at a time. <laughs> but that's where I can listen to a podcast about Better Call Saul as I'm waiting 45 minutes to get into the store. Uh, but she's uh, she's struggling a little bit with the with the quarantine and and not not in not in the yeah, best of I spirits. Think, I think a lot of <laughs> well, I think a lot of folks out there are, you know, just uh, struggling and and uh, you know having having to get used to the i want to call it the new normal hopefully it's not the new normal but at least the normal for the time being and i think a lot of people are getting antsy and uh, they just want to get out of the house i'm sure it's going to happen soon um but you know if you're listening to us thank you for listening to us while in quarantine yeah for sure i mean and we love all of our listeners i mean we we feel uh, very lucky i mean we don't have hundreds of thousands of listeners but the listeners that we do have uh, we thank you all so much because we have not lost very many of you during this quarantine period. Our listenership has stayed relatively stable throughout this. And I think that's a testament to, to all of you as well as to us uh, that we've been able to hold firm with our listenership. Uh, we don't have sponsors, so we're not losing sponsors, but uh, but we've been doing pretty well. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is housekeeping to finish up the night. All right. We're going to finish up the show. This is Thirst and Goal Podcast. This is a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Please, 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 if you're listening to our show, consider heading to our website, thirstandgold.buzzproud.com, 
and search for us on the web. Just put Thirst and Gold Podcast in your web browser and find us. Subscribe, rate, and review. You can look at our show notes. From there, you can get all the links to the stories that we cover, all of the browns, the beers, the whiskeys, the scotches that we review. You can get links to all of those. You get links to all the podcatchers out there, Apple Podcasts. You can get links to CastBox, CastBox, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all of the podcatchers that are out there, Overcast as well. Please leave us a review. Franny, how many stars on the review? Five stars, Ben. Five <laughs> there stars. There we go. You can email us at podcastthirstandgoal at gmail.com. You can get a link to our phone number down in the show notes. If you want to call us and leave us a voicemail, you can follow us on Frane's amazing Instagram account at thirst. And Not that good, Ben. It's very amazing. Twi- better. Yeah. Well, my Twitter is, it's a very average Twitter account at goal thirst. And you can check out all the photography that Franny normally would do. Franny is taking the pictures of the Browns at his house. I am taking a picture of the scotches or the shots at my house and the beers at my house. But we will get Franny back over here as quickly as possible to take pictures of everything because his photography is amazing. All right. Franny, anything else to add before we close out the show? Uh, nothing else, Ben. Just want to thank all of our listeners out there. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.